brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Broadcasting live daily, featuring downloadable podcasts, downloadable podcasts, interviews with the sport's biggest names. This is Randy the Natural Couture. Randy the Natural Couture. Yeah, when rap day deck, you listen to This is Vandalay Silva, and you are listening to Sherdog Radio Network. Vandalay Silva, Vandalay Silva. Log on, Sherdog.com. Listen. The number one source for mixed martial arts coverage. Dog Radio Network. This is a Sure Dog Radio Network special UFC roundtable. Here is your host, Jordan Breen. Welcome to the Sherrod Radio Network Roundtable for UFC 100, where the MMA's, MMA's most interesting and outstanding institution hits triple digits at the Mandalay Bay Band Center in Las Vegas, Nevada, on Saturday night. Two titles on the line, the Ultimate Fighter 9 concludes, and the SRN's most fight-savvy and forward-thinking minds are here to argue about it for your pleasure. I'm your host, Jordan Green. I am the Bill Superfoot Wallace of this place. I'm joined by a cast of Kathy Longs, Mr. TJ DeSantis, Lippy Sariamet, Jeff Atkin Karnasau, Jeff Sherwood, and Greg Savage. You did not burp yet, Jordan. No, welcome to McNoble's Arena. Thanks. But actually, no, that's actually more apropos than, than it would have been uh, a few months ago. Kathy Long is actually going to fight MMA soon. What? Yay. She's, she's, like she's like 800, but she's in fact going to uh, fight MMA. Wow. Yeah. Woo! I'm not even. I'm not even sure like how to feel about that. But I mean, to, to her credit, for as horrible as she may have been on color commentary for UFC one, uh, in her day she could fight. However, her day, of course, um, you know, the, the reformation just about not exactly a young woman, not a spry <laughs> one. That doesn't no matter. Love, no love. Randy. You're there, Randy. <laughs> this is true. He's not this only not a young woman. He's not a young man. <laughs> he's both. So we, I, I always sort of have to uh, gauge your guys' in, 
interest and, and, and see whether or not any UFC 90X or, or whatever is going to be particularly satisfying. Is it safe to assume that even even if you don't buy into the, oh, UFC 100, even if you can acknowledge that there's been about 140 events to this point, are we are we certainly excited? Is this Jeff's not. Question? Jeff thinks this card sucks. Is I can't wait for the George St. Pierre and Diggy fight. Can't wait. Oh, so you're so in, in honesty, you are in fact legitimately excited. Yeah, for that fight. And the rest. Yeah, I, I just don't. Buy, I just you know Jordan. I mean not Jordan, but TJ and and Savage have been giving me a hard time. But I haven't said that I hate the card or anything. I just said that you know they keep trying to build these cards up. This is the biggest and best card ever. Blah blah blah. And I I'm not that into it. I mean yeah, I love the George St Pierre. And Al's fight, I'd love okay. that fight. Fair, one out of eleven ain't bad. I, I believe that's how the meatloaf song went. <laughs> well, I like the Akiyama Belcher fight as well. Two out of eleven, even better. We're we're improving that batting average. Soon we'll hit the Mendoza line. Who knows where we go from that? Yeah, oh, that's slowly but surely. Greg, you're normally our most curmudgeonly. How do you feel about that? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> If it was, was a girl, I would try and marry her. <laughs> That's um, well. well I, I I feel I feel we might be being a bit more hyperbolic than than I would have anticipated. But I'm I'm glad that you can show some enthusiasm. No, I like the whole main event. Uh, you know, all the televised fights are pretty solid. Um, I think Fitch is going to smoke Paul Tiago, but aside from that, I think you got some pretty competitive fights. Wow, we didn't know that coming into this. <laughs> Well, let's let's not, let's not act as though it's you know uh, by itself in a category of uh, mismatches on the card. But I'm glad that at least um, I don't. I, I, I'm glad that you guys are at least in tune and excited for UFC 100. I would have been worried had you not been. Of course, Ooh. it's not just our takes on things. We want your calls, your emails as well. One eight hundred nine six seven nine two four is the number to phone in over the next two hours. Of course, you can email your humble moderator, myself, jbreen at assuredog.com. I can, we're, we're all over this technology thing. I'm like Rich Ice now. I can even accept your tweets. Oh, Put it wow. Off Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. One, all, amongst yourselves, decide who's Rod Woodson and who's Jamie Dukes. But I'm, I'm all over the Rich Ice Center role today, so you can even even tweet with that. Mm, we, go, we go that extra sort of a smile for you to engage you with fantastic technology. Um, one email I sort of wanted to read before we uh, jumped into things head first, and something that I do think is interesting and, and salient and, and plays a role in sort of maybe our excitement, but certainly I think casual excitement for UFC 100. Uh, Terry from Dallas writes in, what do you think about this week's sports news cycle impacting UFC 100. I'm sure the event's still going to do a really strong buy rate with all the big stars in play, but with big trades happening in the NBA, the death of Steve McNair, and Lance Armstrong doing so well at the Tour de France, do you think the UFC 100 is getting short shrift from the sports media? No. No. I haven't seen no. anything on ESPN this week about it, so maybe a little bit. Someone someone had uh, said that um, they did like some stuff on Sports Nation on ESPN 2 or something like that, but... Pardon the interruption. So, talked about it yesterday, I think. Did they? Yeah, yeah at length. In fact, they they were with uh, they were with the 1.5 million uh, 1.5 million buy rate projection. They thought it could do that, and they said it's going to be the fourth biggest sport in the country. Wow. 
Interesting. Anik is doing Anik is doing uh, sports center spots today too. So it's not. I mean, it, it, it's not as if that's different from anything else. By the way, only about not uh, how how many people can honestly care about the Tour de France to where it's going to take away from US, UFC 100 hype. Well, it's not a caring about the Tour de France. The it's fact Lance. that writers and stuff. Yeah, it's the fact that writers and stuff latch on the lands. I think I think that there's definitely a strength to it because really sports the sports news cycle is built on not not of what not what's of of an absolute value not what is actually interesting but just in order what is most interesting and obviously I don't think you can argue that the death of Steve McNair and Lance Armstrong's resurgence have negatively impacted the UFC because if there was nothing else happening this week if it was just sort of the NBA trades. I think they would have had no choice but to just heap attention upon the UFC because there really would be nothing else. Hmm. Well, the, one yeah. will, the one thing I will say, though, is if anyone's really, really mad about the media coverage this week, Gary Shaw, head-to-head with UFC on Showtime with really his, his most prized client at this point in time, Victor Chinian, who's going to become probably a three-division titleist in boxing, and no one cares. Well, they, they care in Australia where they made the decision to put the Darchinian fight on and not show UFC 100 for two or three days. Well, that's uh, that, that's about the only place, unfortunately. I mean, Vic Darchinian... You are correct. Going, he's going to tie Jeff Fennick's record as former trainer if, if he becomes a three-division titleist. But uh, other, than, other than Australia where they really get... Um, in arms for their boxers, you know, like Danny Green and Anthony Mundine are like major sort of like... It's like race riot when they fought and just like a, a cultural incident. But I'm really not uh, I'm not too sure that uh, Gary Shaw couldn't be just a little bit happier when it comes to the attention that uh, has been <laughs> heaped upon his, his boxing match, which is going to fall upon unwatching eyes come Saturday night. All right, I suppose we should get into this roundtable stuff. As Of course, 1-800-967-9244 is the number to phone in. jbreen at com to email in whatever's on your mind, whether or not you want to prognosticate the main events or give your take on whether or not you think Tiago Alves will make weight, all those sort of fun things. And, of course, your 140 character thoughts are sendable to twitter.com. By the way, when are weigh-ins? I know we got a little blurb up on the site. Well, they tend to be since they're when they're in Las Vegas, they tend to be right as we finish. So okay, I, I, I will shortly check after on four that. p.m. Pacific time. I know for whatever reason they're not airing on Directv until seven thirty Eastern. I don't understand why, but what uh, what so channel on Directv? One hundred one, son. The one hundred one. All right, I'll check that oh, out. Oh yeah. So TJ, did you, did you say four p.m. Pacific? Four p.m. Pacific. Yep. Ah, so we we actually have a, an hour. Buffer. Actually, is that a two-hour buffer? Yeah. Two hours. Yeah. So you guys won't. We won't. We won't cut into Wayne's this time around. So you'll get to a brief reprieve from listening to us, and then you can go out and catch a sandwich or whatever it is that you do with your time. Or you can see the sandwich during the show. Yeah, that too. All right. So the nasty niggling order of the chickens. Not very fun for the rest of you, but nonetheless, um, re- really sort of mediocrity all around the last time around for the Ultimate Fighter 9 finale slash strike four slash Bellator. TJ DeSantis in dead last, oh. though not the deadest of last. Eight and seven, 23 points, but as I said, not the deadest of last place since Jack and Kunisau. Eight and seven with 25 points, just two points ahead. Lucky Sari Ahmed, less points than Jack, but one fight better, nine and six, 24 points. Yeah. And 
Greg Savage, a respectable 10 and 5, 21 points. Tying for the lead, myself and Jeff Sherwood with 10 and 5 and 27 points. Though I do concede that really perhaps Jeff performed a bit better given the fact that didn't do so hot on the strike force and actually had to text me his, his strike force picks um, right as the event started, but did very, very well on the Ultimate Fighter 9. So after a string of mediocre performances, good job, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. It's about time. <laughs> <laughs> so for our cumulative 2009, myself, Jordan Brain, still in the lead, 160 and 55, 74.4%. TJ DeSantis in second place, 143 and 73, 69.4%. Jeff Sherwood, 127 and 60, 67.9%. Just behind, catching catching up on his SDS homeboy. Greg Savage, 131 and 63, 67.5%. Lefty Seriyama distancing himself from his other beatdown counterpart, 143 and 72, 66.5%. And in last, Jack and Trenisau, 139 and 76, 64.6%. And in the world, Savage. Okay. I have I have broken the 400 <laughs> plateau, 410 points, 1.91 points per fight. Teacher DeSantis, a very respectable, 374 for 1.82 points per fight. Jeff Sherwood, 316, 1.69 points per fight. Greg Savage, 310, 1.6 per fight even. Just behind, Lefty Sariamit, 343, 1.59%. And predictably, in last place, Jack and Carnesal, 334, 1.55 points per fight. Your microphone's in last place today, Jordan. I know. There's something There's something up with it. But during the break, I'll have to uh, restart and, and do all that stuff. I, I said that. This always This always happens. Like I, I say when we get on air, I sense there's something up, and I say I think I think something's wrong. And we go, no, no, it's all good. Let's let's go forward. And then 15 minutes into the show, everyone goes, you sound horrible. And I go, yeah. I would I would have suspected as such. Oh well, we'll figure it out. Jordan, how many how, how many per fights did I have? Um, one point five five. Oh Jesus! All right. Thanks. <laughs> our our you evening. Really wanted them to repeat that. No, I just wanted to do that per fights. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I don't think anyone else oh, did. Th- th- thank you, TJ. Yeah. Uh, Me and Boxy yeah. saw what you did there. Ah, uh, see, it's see, it's the letter P. I could have suspected because I can't I can't turn down the volume on my mic right now, which is the issue. Oh, I see. Which I which I said was going to be the issue, and again, everyone said <laughs> press forward. It's it's all good, my finely feathered friend. And I went, oh, these people wouldn't lie to me. Let's go. And it was sounding fine at first. You sort you of betrayed the listener. Oh, well. Let's go. Fights. Our evening begins in relatively anonymous fashion, though perhaps sticking out like a sore thumb on this card is Matt Grice due to the fact that in February he was heinously ripped off by Troy Waugh against Matt Veach. However, inconspicuous is Shannon Gugarty, who in his third UFC fight still seems completely anonymous despite the fact that he actually fought very gamely against Spencer Fisher when they fought last October. Am I the only person that completely forgot that Shannon Gugarty fought Spencer Fisher? The no, fight yeah. fighter didn't forget. Yeah. I, I I honestly completely forgot that that fight happened until about uh, two weeks ago, and I realized, oh, he actually he actually fought Spencer Fisher and 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 did, did fairly well. well. Yeah, I was there. I, f- I forgot about that fight until now, and I looked at his UFC 90. He's like, what? I saw that fight. Yeah, obviously it's it's sort of a product of the fact that Zufa has so many more fights now. It used to be sort of when you had that one fight that everyone forgot about. Like I always used to, the one that always amused me was I always forgot that Chris Brennan and Gil Castillo fought at UFC 35. Like I just forgot that the fight happened. 
But now, because of the volume of super cards, there's a lot more fights that you sort of just think. Like you, lo- you're on the fight fund, and you just think that fight happened, really? I like, think I think Googerd even won a round. Yeah, he, he yeah he did very well in the team. So obviously, TJ, you're you're one of the people who, even if I needed to jog your memory, you remember the fact that uh, he did in fact have a decent show against Spencer Fisher. Well, from what I recall, I mean, the guy in front of me was trying to steal my phone and throw it. (laughs) But uh, I do recall at least giving one round to Shannon Googerty. And so how do you think he sizes up against Matt Grice, who was ripped off by Troy Waugh in February? That's his full name, by the way, now. Matt Grice, who was ripped off by Troy Waugh in February. Fair enough. I don't think Matt Grice will be ripped off this Saturday night, tomorrow night. I think he wins. I think he dictates this uh, pace with his wrestling. He had a really, really, really good fight with uh, with, with Matt Beach, and, and I think that uh, he's going to be hungry. He's definitely going to want that win, and I think he finishes Shannon Googerty in the second round TKO. I would I would take it one further. He didn't just have a good fight against Matt Beach, which he got ripped off in. He had a very good fight against Jason Black as well. That's true. Uh, well, a fight that yeah. no one got saw, but I mean, if you go back to 2007, the second round of that fight was round probably of the, the year. easily round of the year. Like nothing, I, I think was was really close to that. I like Matt Grice. I've actually picked him to win all three of his uh, fights in the UFC. They haven't uh, all worked out like that, but uh, I really do think he's got some game. But more than that, I think the style matchups are relatively safe for him. Uh, he's not going to get caught the way he did against Matt Beach. He's a better wrestler than Shannon Googerty is, and Shannon Googerty tries to use his wrestling to dictate. That's why he did so well against Spencer Fisher. It's not, necess- it's not that Googerty's a bad fighter. But he was able to sort of look maybe more effective than he would have against another guy because Spencer Fisher still doesn't have the greatest takedown defense in the world. Um, I think Matt Grice will be able to get on top. Even if it's on the feet, I think he can land big, and Gugardi doesn't have the, the power to hurt him, really. But I expect it to be more of a ground battle, and I think Grice passes guard, uses his strikes and submission attempts very well. I'll hedge my bets. I'll take a TKO in the third, but I do expect entertaining affairs on the ground and Matt Grice being victorious. Greg Savage, what are you feeling, homie? I like Googerty. I think uh, his submission game gets it done in here. Uh, I'm keeping it short and sweet today. I like uh, Googerty by submission in the second. Wow. Fair. <laughs> he's Jeff not Sherwood. only hungover, he's still drunk. Jeff <laughs> <laughs> Sherwood, do you, do, you have, uh, do you have extra analysis to tag on to your under-the-weather counterpart? I'm just wondering if Matt Grice went to uh, went to somebody and demanded that Troy Wall not ref his fights anymore, like uh, like Rock did. Um, I would. I yeah, I know. I, I guess you can now, right? I mean, they made that official that you could actually ask. That's happened in boxing for a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. So, but I'm going with Grice. I think his wrestling's too good. Um, I don't know if he's going to uh, finish Googerty. I, I think he's going to spend a lot of time on his back. Um, he'll be able to slip out of a couple of um, submissions. Gosh, I can't even talk. Um, he's going to get out of some submissions, but I think it's going to go to the finish. I think it's going to be a decision, but I think Matt Grice is going to do enough damage, keep him on his back long enough to win the decision. Are you with that, Lefty Sariana? Do you agree with Jeff? I agree with the decision. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Googerty in this fight. I, I think he's oh, he's a longer fighter, I believe. Sweet. I just yeah, got one right. Yeah. Sa- Savage, you're in trouble. <laughs> um, uh, Wait till you hear my pick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Googerty is actually a longer fighter than Grice in that he'll have a reach advantage, I believe. I'm not sure, though. 
Uh, and he does a lot of the work. He does a lot of his work in the clinch to be to go for the takedowns as opposed to just going straight takedowns and trying to work for, and trying to work his jujitsu game from there. At that point, I think once his fight does go to the ground, and it will for the, for an extensive portion of this fight, Gugli will be able to score enough points with regard to trying submissions, trying to throw on submissions after submissions. And I don't necess- I think Grice's game. I don't know if it's. I think it's suspect enough to where there will be enough openings for Gugli to score enough points and take a decision thanks to a submission game by the end of three rounds. Fair. Jack and Kronos Down, do you agree with your beatdown counterpart? Wholeheartedly do not agree with my beatdown counterpart. Well, wholeheartedly might be a strong word because all I really expect Matt Grice to do is work that Oklahoma-bred wrestling game for three rounds and just get it done and, and really shut down anything of significance from Shannon, uh, who, like you said, Jordan, does rely quite a bit on doing just that to set up the uh, the submissions that he's known for. Uh, but I don't see Grice finishing this thing. I don't see Gugarty being able to put him in a position that Veach put him in, crappy stoppage or not. Uh, you know, that was all hands, and I don't see Gugarty getting there. I see Grice with a decision via wrestling. I can always support a wrestling decision, especially when uh, the wrestling game happens to be rather entertaining on behalf of Matt Grice. Mm-hmm. Our second fight, I doubt, will be quite as contentious as Ultimate Set Fighter Seven runner-up CB Galloway takes on Ultimate Fighter Eight, run, or not even runner-up, just also ran Tom Waller, who again, sort of like a Shannon Gugarty, people tend to forget that he actually exists in UFC. Of course, that is just part and parcel of the fact that everyone from the Ultimate Fighter Eight got extra fights in the UFC. Whether or not Tom Waller gets any more will obviously be contingent upon this performance. Is anyone going to be so enterprising as to take Tom Lawler in the fight? No, but I'm pretty sure Tom Lawler's nickname should be I Wish I Was Nick Thompson. <laughs> yeah, he does have the, the, the big beard, or had it for a while, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I have to say I do, I do approve of the fact that, that C.B. Dalloway is giving, being given time to cut his teeth and improve his game, but I don't know, at the expense of Tom Lawler, who shouldn't really be there, well, I was it's thinking about taking. I was thinking about taking Tom Waller just because I hate everybody from Arizona. But <laughs> all right, we all. I'm we gonna all go not against. Fans. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, I think I. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I can sort of speak for for everyone uh, in saying that if CB Dollar was able to deal with Jesse Taylor and Mike Massenzio, two guys with more skills who are better wrestlers than Tom Waller, it's unlikely that Tom Waller is going to pose too much of a problem. So. Give us, uh, give us the rundown, team. How would you, how would you like your CB Dalloway, Greg? How do you prefer your CB Dalloway? TKO second. Fair. Jeff Sherwood. TKO round one. Lippy Sarioman. Uh, TKO second. Jack and Carnesau. Round one Peruvian necktie. Ah, very, very nice. <laughs> Going for some bonus points. If if I, I will I will give anyone a bonus point um, if they call Peruvian necktie. If you ever call an exotic submission that really happens, I think you deserve one. TJ, are you going to uh, stick up for Lally's boy having the fantastic Tony D'Souza inspired submission game? No, I got submission too. It's not going to be a Peruvian necktie. Hmm. I I'm going to go submission in the first, and that does it for a clean sweep, all in, in ten minutes or less for Clarence wow. Byron Dalloway. Lally, Lally is now smiling. Yes. Even though he wasn't a minute ago. One eight hundred. Anyone else from Arizona on this card? Uh, let me let me give the cursory glance. Uh, no, no so. other. No. No. no, that's it. That, that, 
So it's 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 good times to be at Arizona Combat Sports. <laughs> 1-800-967-9244, the number to phone in. jbreen at Sherdog.com to email in. And you can even tweet jbreen, or twitter.com slash jordanbreen. I really got to get consistency. It either has to be all Jordan Breen or all jbreen, like everywhere. Yeah, but, I think uh, it should all be all jbreen. I, I don't know. I, I, I like it when it's all spelled out. Then I can't be confused with any other jbreen in the universe. Not that there are any. My only, my only sort of like Breen rivals, Mike Breen, the, the NBA play-by-play guy. They might spell Jordan wrong though. Oh, dude, don't even. <laughs> oh, that's a that we don't we don't have time over the next ninety minutes for the kind of venom that I would spew over <laughs> such topics. So we will go to happier things. One of the more fantastic fights of the UFC 100 undercard. Dong Hyun Kim got a fantastic blessing when after losing a highly contentious decision to Carl Parisian in January, he got it changed to a no contest based on Carl Parisian's indiscretions in the painkiller pharmaceutical world. However, in order to stay unbeaten in the USC, he will need to take out Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia's second favorite son, TJ Grant, who needs to go out and get a victory to close distance on Sidney Crosby, who, after winning the Stanley Cup, very, very tough road to hoe. So, obviously, my analysis on this completely worthless due to the fact that TJ Grant and I are close. Homer. So, yes, and partial parties. TJ DeSantis, how are you feeling? I like Don Young Kim, stun gun uh, decision. Fair. Okay. I see. This is give me a grappling is, match. Give me a grappling match. I see. I see Kim on top for most of the most of the fifteen minute regulation. So you're you're too much of a you're too much of a team player. You're thinking. You're looking at the clock. You're going. We got four minutes left. Got to get to this break. And it comes Wait. at the expense of the fantastic hey. things you can do. <laughs> it's easy. It's easy though because TJ Grant was on the Jordan Breen show. I mean, this is an easy win for me. Okay, yeah, that's why I was going. That's why I was going stun gun. So, Jeff, is it is it a decision for the strong South Korean, or is he just going to bash up TJ Grant? Um, I, I I think he's I think he's going to bash him up, and I think it's going to end somewhere in the third round. TKO. Greg Savage, you're being very succinct and pithy today. What short and brief power pack analysis do you have for us? He said he was going to be right back. But that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Savage joining us live from the bathroom here. Yeah, yeah I think. So while while Savage uh, heads for the porcelain halo, let me say Ahmed. What's good? Uh, I, I'm actually going to go with TJ Grant here via decision. Jordan Breen, curse be damned. Uh, I, I think uh, cardio is actually going to be a big deal in this fight because looking back at the last two fights, it seemed as if we're talking about Dong Young Kim now. It seemed as if Kim kind of faded as we as we went along in the Brown fight, in in the Brown Matt Brown fight, and in the uh, Parisian fight as well. He just wasn't as active. He wasn't uh, he wasn't as aggressive as he was coming out in that first round. If he does that here against T.J. Grant, I think Grant's going to be able to take advantage. He showed in the fight against Chonin that he can stay more than active. He can stay aggressive. He can be doing something. At, at any and every point throughout those 15 minutes, and I think as this fight wears on, Kim's cardio may fail him once again, and I see Grant being able to take advantage there, pick up enough points, and win a decision. I like I like how thus far we've we said pick up enough points a couple times as though we're on some kind of like point scavenger hunt, like like we're shooting like we're shooting layups or something. Hey, I we are in the second half of the year. I mean, <laughs> yeah. as long as I can coast for the rest of the year, I'm happy with silver. <laughs> <laughs> I will take that. Zach, 
That's all you need to know about TJ right there. (laughs) Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Uh, hey, look, every, not gonna happen. There's, look, silver has an aesthetic charm to it all its own, and it looks much better than silver. I'll just tell it's everybody it's platinum. platinum. Yeah. <laughs> TJ, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm I'm coming for that silver. Sure you, you know are. That. Sure you are. You know this. Well, <sighs> if you want to get out of the basement, Jack, give us a good pick right here. <laughs> well, I'm I'm actually going to go with TJ. Um, Grant, that is, not DeSantis. I was, was going to oh. say that. that <laughs> Definitely not going to go with TJ DeSantis in this fight. Jack, uh, to quote the Blue Blazer from 1990, or 1988 Saturday Night Main Event, you better keep looking up because you're going down. <laughs> What wow! There's irony there when you consider who's wow. beneath the mask. Wow. Um, nonetheless, T.J. Grant, um, very interesting challenge for him here. I think that he impressed me just as much against Chonin, not just in terms of the submission attempts, but the takedown game. I thought he did quite well uh, against Chonin, getting him on his back and and kind of dictating wrestling as well as submissions. Uh, not really dynamic with his hands, but I think Dong and Kim is more ground and pound oriented. I don't think this is going to be much of a standing fight no matter what other guy comes in intending to do. Uh, and I think Grant is going to be more dynamic on the ground. I think he's going to be more active. He might not be on top the entire time. I sense one of these fights where we start to argue about, you know, submission attempts from the bottom versus lay and pray and who gets more points for what. But uh, I see T.J. Grant staying more active, being pretty much just as solid in getting this fight to the ground in a wrestling capacity as Dong Hyun Kim and uh, doing enough to earn the decision in the judge's eyes. So, again, bring curse be damned. And uh, didn't Sarah Coffin reverse that anyway? Well, it's, well it, it depends on the person. Yeah, there well, are some Dustin people that Hazlett, do well. Hmm. Dustin Hazlett, Dan Hardy, Sarah Coffin. Um, we'll see if TJ Grant can be one of those people. Uh, I do like him to win. I like him to win on points. I think there's a lot of positive things going for him in the fight. The fact that... Um, He's a really good wrestler, but his wrestling comes in close. It's technical. He's about finishing takedowns. The good thing is that Dong Hyun Kim lets guys come right to his body. He doesn't try to stop guys from getting to him. They get to him, and then he uses his strength and balance to stop the takedowns. Here, if TJ Grant can finish single legs on him, put him on his back, 
there's a huge disparity in skills when it comes to the grappling department. Um, right after I interviewed him, actually, TJ sent me a text message to point out that, that George Grigel gave him his brown belt the other day, and he just completely forgot to mention it during the interview. So um, he is really, really skilled on the ground. He's going to be a black belt in relatively short order as well. Um, I think he's got a huge advantage there. And even in stand-up, where Duncan Kim has more power and he's got a lot of the reach, but he doesn't punch straight, and TJ Grant's stand-up's really not that bad, especially when he gets inside of guys. So I think there's a lot of um, technical shortcomings that he has that TJ Grant can really expose. My one issue and something that I think could really sort of make like Jeff Sherwood's prediction come true is the fact that TJ Grant has really never fought a guy who major offense on him. When he's lost fights, you know, Gary Wright laid on him for 15 minutes, and uh, Jesse Bongfeld, he was on top of the entire time and got caught in an armbar. So he's never really had someone who put massive offense on him and beat him up, and you never really know how the guy's going to react until that happens. But I like TJ Grant to win on points because of the dynamism of his grappling game. I think he can take positions and really threaten. But I do think that the potential is there for what Jeff pointed out because, you know, TJ Grant's never really been hit hard and, and had a guy get all over him like that. Greg, you're back. You're in good form, I hope. Give us a fight pick. I have got Kim by decision. Fair. All, all is well. You're not, uh, you're, you're in good form. Yeah, I'll take, take a phone call. Uh, you're, uh-huh. you're, you're big time in us. No, thought maybe you just thought maybe you pissed yourself again or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, on a urine-related okay. note, we will take our first off. break. 1-800-967-9244, the number to phone in. jbreen at Sherlock.com to email in. And you can tweet in, twitter.com slash Jordan Breen. Well... On piss-related notes, we'll take a break. We'll come back. <laughs> People who are going for pissing themselves, both youth and age. We have the young 20s, John Jones, and the geriatrics, and Mark Coleman. All that and more broken down spades on the other side of this break, right here on the Sure Dog Radio Network special report. Stay close. Sure Dog Radio Network. This is Ryan Parsons. If you want to improve your performance, increase your energy, use Life Force every day, three times a day, before training, morning, evening, and afternoon. Life Force High Energy Greens, a combination of 48 alkalizing grasses, herbs, and vegetables. Set yourself apart from your competition. Use Life Force Greens every day. Available at SureDog.com. Own your favorite MMA fighters. Many of them are available now with collectible figurines from Round 5. Randy Couture, Ortiz, and Anderson Silver, among more than 20 superstars from Round 5 lineup. Gina Carano and Fedora with an expanded series of six fighters coming soon. Check them all out at www.round5mma.com or at Toys R Us and other great stores across North America. Round 5, real to the sports. As heard on the Shadok Radio Network. Odin's for artists such as Hoslo. Hoslo. With low assess, can't overspit. Wake up and find your career's over with. You can bet when it be on, I go to live. We'll recognize all the strength and the movable object. Money, money in my savings account. Without me, you will clout. 
Stone. I was wondering, uh, before we get, you guys give a hey, hi, how are you to Aaron Creek, my former wrestling coach in town? Absolutely. Can you, do it, you can do it yourself. You can find it all in about two hours. Yeah, I'm actually off today. My tongue's snapping by the time he gets up, there will be no phone call. Ah, understandable, understandable. Andy, since I can hear your child screaming, I won't uh, try to eat up to collect. Get it taken away. So uh, enjoy the day. Get something to say to you. Is that okay? Uh, <laughs> of course. Hi. Hello. Fingers. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's a promo right there. Fabulous. Jordan Breen. Tuesdays and Thursdays on the Sure Dog Radio Network. Saturday night at the Mandalay Bay Event Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. I am Jordan Breen. I am your Brian Kilmeade of this roundtable. I'm joined by my host, <laughs> Jim Browns, TJ DeSantis, <laughs> Fluffy Sari Ahmed, Jack Encarnasso, Jeff Sherwood, and Greg Savage. You're going to use Craig Hummer and Vascursion before the show's over, aren't you? Uh, no, I, I got... I, I'm thinking I'm thinking Bruce Back's next, and it's probably Mike Goldberg. All right, fair enough. It would be sort of weird if you threw the one offers in there, especially when they're not even that amusing. So I guess Craig Palmer has his triumphs. Never has a sports broadcaster been more confused than Brian Kilmeade was when Hoist Gracie armbarred Jason DeLucia. <laughs> What's happening? I think, I think he literally said that. I think he literally said, okay, now, why did why is this fight over? It's like, all right, good job, lead play-by-play, play, man. <laughs> I don't know what happened. This is mind-boggling. Well, is it really any worse than, than sort of them having no idea what a triangle choke was at UFC 4? Because <laughs> that was even later. That was UFC 4 at that point. Delusia yep. Gracie was like UFC 2. Hey, Savage, you you were at Yammer, right? Yeah. And they and they had the ring announcing like over the PA? 
couldn't really hear it though. No. You sound in such rough shape, Savage. Wow. Savage can't even talk. Savage can't even talk. I thought we weren't allowed to talk about. I, I thought we weren't allowed to talk about Hummers on this show. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Great addition, there, Jeff. Thanks. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so quality angry. contribution. <laughs> Savage, if you drink some water, do you need an IV? Oh, I'm good. You sure? I'm concerned. Uh, I'm, I'm hanging some Narcan or something? I'm hanging in there. Alright. <laughs> 1-800-967-9244. The number to phone in. jbreen at Twitter.com. Email in and Twitter.com slash Jordan Breen to tweet in. We continue along on... Actually, I guess before we get to that, especially since it's, it involves wrestlers, we should go Brandon from New Jersey. Brandon, what's up? Chillin', man. A healthy Craig Hummer is a good Hummer. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he gets that joke all the time. It sounds like Jesus and Butthead responding. Oh, man. Is there such a bad thing as a bad one? Oh, my God. This is true. Thank God BJ oh, Penn's really not on this card, because <laughs> someone would say... Oh, a good BJ is a scary BJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've never been scared. Uh, I think, I think it's actually many, the inverse. I wouldn't, say, on... I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that a good BJ is a scary BJ, but I would Pen. say a scary BJ is a good BJ. Pen. <laughs> Pen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yep. the one. All right, Brandon, what's up? Chillin', man. Just uh, watching Countdown with Keith over. <laughs> Can't even talk. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> well, Speak up, son. You got you got two minutes to get to the meat. Apparently, his rundown's epic. So, Brandon, come on, pull it together. <laughs> it's not epic, really. Um, I'm just curious. What, what's this uh, big uh, hoo-ha with uh, Mark Cuban being a bond uh, bond holder for, in the UFC now? Uh, anyone anyone going to comment? Am I supposed to do it single-handedly? Do it. Yes. Um, well, are you are you sort of asking for for opinion more so than? Yeah, sure, I, I just want I just want your opinion. Jeez, is that wrong? Um, I, I, I don't. <laughs> man, no, I I don't I don't really think you know too much of it. I, I don't see why it would necessarily be uh, surprising. Really, I mean, it, it's Mark Cuban. That's what he does, and we know that Mark Cuban likes money and he likes MMA. So even even if ostensibly he's a you know he's sort of. Um, you know, an adversary because of AHDNet. It makes money, so. Yeah, and they, they patched it up to work out UFC, uh, whatever it is, 103 and at the American Airlines Arena anyway. They're, they're buddies again. Wow. So it was one of those backdoor deals, huh? Yes. Um, I, like, okay. I, I like how everyone's going out of their way to make sexual innuendo during this call. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> and one more thing um, before I get to my rundown. Um, is it that uh, uh, Jeff? Uh, I'm surprised Jeff Schiller didn't get into the UFC Hall of Fame. <laughs> Me too. Would it, would, would it like if they do bust for the UFC Hall of Fame? Would it have been like a, a <laughs> would it be a head bust of a of a what do you call it? This press uh, thing? What do you call it? Uh, that you're not allowed to have. Well, if they're if they're doing it by heads, I'm gonna decline my invitation and nominate Lofi because I want to <laughs> see that thing sitting on there. There we go. There a, we go. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Back up the cement truck. <laughs> <laughs> and one more thing: is it true that, that because Dana White is working out, he's going to become the original logo of the UFC, and he's going <laughs> to come bust it out and in the thong and uh, start dancing to face the pain? <laughs> 
Yes, I, I do. I, and I, I believe I've heard this rumor. I think this is what's in store for the Fan Expo. <laughs> Let me get to this rundown because uh, uh, i got to get the hell out of here. Um, one more round is have, have, do they have enough money to host a pre-fight party at Preve with Tracy Lee? Uh, will someone wear hammer pants like the old officials used to wear back in the day? Uh, what else? Uh, separation of birth. Bill Hahn and Steve Mazzagatti. And i got a try by Yoshihiro Akiyama, Brock Lesnar, and Amir Sadala. And uh, what do you think of The Undertaker doing MMA? And what do you think of Rafia Sunsell versus Eve Joplin? I'm out of here. Peace. Any, anyone have a... Anyone solve the tribon off the top of the head? Akiyama, Sadala, and Lesnar. All from I Japan, was, I, Luffy? Is that what you just said? I, all, all, yeah, Amir yeah, Sadala, well-known in pride. Um, I was going to go with questionable... <laughs> Questionable choices in hair, given Lesnar's soul patch and Mirza Dahl's mullet. And, but Brock yeah, Larson his, on his, his chin? I'm yeah, sticking yeah. with that. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Not sure. Um, I feel soon out against Steve Jabouin. Um, I'm there. Good fight. Obviously not at UFC 100. And do we, aren't we past the Undertaker and MMA jokes? Jack, did he do something recently to reinvigorate these? He's not even... I don't think he's back from his injury yet. He's been um, gone for months. Oh, yeah. what was I thinking? I he landed on his head at WrestleMania. I would much rather see The Undertaker versus Brock than Lashley. Well, that's your that's your 2009 prediction, isn't it, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> I don't think Bobby Lashley could roll the eyes back in his head. I mean, so that's what I'm all going for. I, I need I need the migraine to stop, so we're getting back to fights. <laughs> on the opposite ends of the offensive spectrum, John Jones, spinning back elbows, hip tosses, all sorts of fun and wild antics. Jake O'Brien, uh, I saw him punch Jay White once. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that? Not sure. I mean, like, I thought I saw it, but now sometimes I'm not sure. So somewhere in the middle, there two brands of offense will create something. Whether or not it's exciting, we shall see. TJ, you're a close friend of the POV. Make a case for his boy, Jake O'Brien. Can't do it. Show money. Show money. Uh, John Bones Jones can win this fight. Um, I won't be surprised if he threw Jake O'Brien a couple times, but this fight will end in a flurry of punches. I like John Jones. Um, Probably in the second, once O'Brien runs out of gas, uh, TKO stoppage. Jeff, can you stick up for Ken Pavia's boy? I can't really, but I won't bag on his world-class striking that I keep hearing about like you did. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, right now, John Jones is about one of the most exciting things to be watching in the UFC, and and that is another part of UFC 100 that I'm very excited about. Hopefully, we get to see it. Well, you know, it's possible that we might not even get to see it. So, uh, hopefully, we get to see it, and I'm going to take John Jones... By TKO, round two. I love when you get fired up and excited by something that Zubis produced, Jeff. <laughs> doesn't happen often. <laughs> Jack and Carnesella, what's up? Yeah, I'm with John, Johnny Bones, uh, round three, TKO. Um, comparing the wrestling pedigrees, you know, I just think Jones just has all kinds of, you, you put it perfectly, Breen. I mean, you know, O'Brien's just going to, 
do nothing besides go for takedowns, and Johnny Jones can do like 8,000 more things in 15 seconds. So he's going to do all those. It, it's not going to put him away right away, but I think eventually it'll catch up to Jake. Uh, he won't have his way in the takedown game, get flustered, get frustrated, tire a bit, and uh, in round three, Johnny Jones puts him away, TKO. I just I just want to say that right now that um, my uh, my ex girlfriend just IM me and said that uh, someone called from an ESPN radio station onto her phone for me from Hawaii. I could I could be doing a a UFC 100 breakdown for ESPN radio in Hawaii right now. I chose to be here. Nice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you could be cool with the BJ right now. Exactly. There we could go. Be, could and be, we're could off. Be scary, could be getting a scary BJ. <laughs> All right, next BJ joke is five bucks. I will turn this radio show around. You just said it and didn't. I did not. You stop it. Next BJ pen joke, five bucks. I feel feel like I'm in. I feel like I'm going on a cross country trip and BJ and BJ and TJ is driving station wagon. It'd be sort of weird if TJ was driving station wagon. Shut up! All right. We need okay. somebody to cross the line right now. Let's so be Sari Ahmed. What do you think between John Jones and Jacob O'Brien? Check his vitals. <laughs> I'm Stop actually, it. I'm actually interested enough for whatever this is worth to fi- see what happens if uh, Jacob O'Brien actually does get a takedown and how Obra- how uh, Jones will handle working from his back for any period of time or whether or not that will actually happen at all. But. Uh, I, I don't, just really don't think it'll happen. I'm with, I think, Jack on this one. Uh, John Jones, TKO, uh, round three. So far, no one has been confident that Jake O'Brien can make it to the final bell. Are you, Greg? Yeah, I'll take a decision. <laughs> <laughs> the no, ever chipper, I, Greg Savage. I think, uh, <laughs> I think Jake O'Brien will sign this thing to a, you know, a standstill and Make it a brutal fight to watch. That's why it's on the undercard, and not, that's why John Jones is not on the main main card. Uh, but I think he—I mean, it's something he's done to a lot of people. He's tough. He's strong. He's boring. So yeah, I think he can get it there. But he will lose the uh, decision. I'm, I'm sort of—I I guess I'll, I'll go with the bet hedging and go Jones TKO three. I think this is definitely the best fight for him to attempt to finish because of the fact that. O'Brien doesn't have anything he can do to, if, if Jones messes up. There's no. It's not like the, the dynamic that really makes a lot of MMA fights dangerous where one mistake and you're out of there. One mistake against Jake O'Brien means you're going to get double-egged. So it's not exactly the end of the world. And even if he ends up on his back, Jake O'Brien doesn't do a whole lot on top. And I'm convinced that I can only imagine John Jones would be sort of the, the Joachim Hansen type to throw some elbows from the back and, and get wild from guard. So I think he's going to be in an offensive position no matter where he goes. And he's always going to be uh, outplaying Jake O'Brien. I like the fight. I think it's a very well-made fight for John Jones to get out there against a guy who's tough and is going to you know give him some resistance but doesn't really have the offense to be threatening. Hopefully we can see him keep his cardio up, keep the work rate up, and maybe even put some punches together instead of just relying on offense where it's a suplex and then two minutes later it's a spinning back elbow and then three minutes later it's a spinning back kick. We'd like to see some sustained offense. If that happens, I do think we get a TKO here. So I will go Jones TKO in the third round. 1-800-967-9244, the number to phone in. jbreen at com to email in and twitter.com slash jordanbreen if you have 140 characters on your mind. 
high-stakes affair in the lightweight division as we move along in the preliminary card as Jim Miller, who was a fantastic prospect in the IFL and really made an early splash in the UFC, was completely dominated by Gray Maynard in his last outing. First, Mac Danzig now teeters on the brink of being the first non-ultimate fighter for... The, the, the first non-ultimate fighter for ultimate fighter winner to perhaps be cut should he lose. I like how I always have to add that. It makes it really confusing, yeah, no. but the Ultimate Fighter 4 sort of exists outside the realm of the rest of the Ultimate Fighters. Nonetheless, even if it's linguistically hard to spit out, Mac Danzig, nonetheless, high-stakes affair, needs to quite possibly win to stay in the UFC, which would be his third straight loss were he to drop one to Jim Miller. Jim Miller's up from your area, Jack, so are you going to stick up for another guy from your area like you did with John Jones and pick him? Oh, yeah, for sure. Empire State representative, even though I have no connection to New York whatsoever. Nonetheless, uh, do feel Jim Miller in this fight. Uh, Danzig is, I don't know, slumping, for lack of a better word. I'm not quite sure. He, he certainly uh, hasn't um, excelled like some other Ultimate Fighter winners who have really stayed afloat. He's kind of in that Kendall Grove position where I think he's going to be kind of in rough, choppy waters for a while here. Uh, I think Danzig, he seems to have trouble with really good, solid wrestlers like Jim Miller. Uh, the, the Clay Guida fight comes to mind. Of course, Tom Spear, he beat him at welterweight, but that was kind of one where he managed to use just his multiply high-level jiu-jitsu versus Spear to get around that, find the submission. That's not happening with Jim Miller. He's just as solid in the jits department. Um, you know, he just, I don't know. And I think Miller seems to go to decisions with guys that are kind of right there at the Danzig level. Uh, I don't see him putting away Mac. I think Mac is going to definitely prove uh, versatile, but I, I just don't think he's going to be able to get anything going as far as sustained offense. I take Jim Miller by decision here. Jeff Sherwood? Yeah, I'm leaning the same way. And, you know, we bring up that, you know, Matt could be the first one dropped. And, you know, he talked about that with me and Greg before his last loss, you know. <laughs> he's like, <"Man, laughs> you can't rack up too many losses here. They're going to get rid of you. So I have a feeling he's feeling a little extra pressure. And, you know, feeling a little extra pressure against somebody like Jim Miller is not a good thing. Um, I, I don't think that Jim Miller can finish Danzig. Um, that's why I'm, I agree. I think it's going to go to a decision, but I think Miller's going to get the decision. Can we go back for the sake of clarification? Because this is the only time where I might be able to possibly do this. Jim Miller is not from Jack's area. Jim Miller is also not from New York. Jim Miller is from New Jersey. New Jersey. From my yes. and, and, and when I said his area, I meant the Northeast. Oh, okay. Duh, if duh, you, if we're speaking, if we're speaking that generally, yes, then he is, fine. He, is, he is, in fact, from New Jersey and not New York. Okay. I, I, thought, I thought when he meant New York, he was referring to the fact that John Jones was also <laughs> not from his area. Right. As I John got Jones. confused. I got confused because I heard Empire State and I so I, so, I, I got so in, I got all confused. So in an attempt, so in an attempt to correct two of us, <laughs> you yeah. have been wrong. How twice. dare you? How dare you, yes. Lofi, try and correct? Jordan I got ex- listen. I got excited, guys. I got excited. I can only do this once every like eighteen months. So Here, I got excited. That's all. Can, you haven't even worked here for eighteen months. <laughs> yes, convert. which really, which really means I'm set until next year. Convert your excitement into a fantastic between Jim Miller and Mac Danzig. I see this going a, uh, a lot similarly that uh, to the uh, Danzig Guida fight. 
uh, in that Miller's just going to end up overwhelming Danzig after a while, and Danzig's not going to have a whole heck of a lot of answers for his offense. Uh, I think the fight will end up going to a decision. Uh, neither guy has any anything particularly potent to be able to finish the other. But I think Danzig's just going to end up wilting to uh, Miller style, and Miller just keep going after him t- over and over and over again th- for the duration. And I like Miller to win a decision here over Danzig. Fair. Greg Savage, any uh, deep penetrating insight in five words or less? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I can by a decision as well. I think uh, Danzig's going to have to catch a submission on him to win the spikes. He's going to spend a lot of it on his back, and I just don't see him pulling it off against. Jim Miller, so I'll take Miller by decision. TJ Sands? Yeah, I got Miller by decision as well. I think Danzig has some moments in this fight, but Jim's going to sort of drag uh, Mac through the mud, take him down, make him really work for it, and I think Danzig is just going to break in that sort of situation. Um, he will defend, though, enough not to get finished. Uh, Jim Miller, round three decision. Well, since we're all being negative Nancy's and not banking on a stoppage, I'll hedge it with a submission in the third, though. It's not that much hedging, because I think if there is a submission, I do think it'll be a bit later. Normally, if a guy's going to tap a guy, it's going to happen in the first seven, eight minutes. That that kind of class normally shows. But I think this could go similar to the near Danzig fight, where Danzig gets a bit overwhelmed, it gets harder for him. He physically wears down, he withdraws a bit, and then there's a, a possibility for a finish there. Sort of the way, the way that Jim Miller was able to finish David Baron, for instance. Um, plus, I think he comes with... A bit more offense than you would have seen out of the Guida fight. He's always a bit more, um, a bit more eager to show off his hands and, and that sort of thing. Although obviously it didn't net him too much success against Gray Maynard. I like Jim Miller definitely in the fight, and I will be a bit more optimistic in him finishing Mac Danzig. But I definitely think it's going to be a, a longer fight. As if a finish comes, he's going to have to wear him down and sort of get him to go into that mode where he doesn't really want to be there anymore to get a finish. We all pick Jim Miller six zero sweep for the Spartan New Jersey kid. So, is Mac Danzig cut out after this fight? No. I if there was any, If there was ever going to be a tough winner that was going to be cut, it'd be Mac Danzig simply because he's not exactly the most ostentatious. He's not exactly the flashiest guy that's ever won this, that's ever won this season. Heck, that's ever been on this season. Uh, but even then, I'm still reluctant... What'd you say? I wouldn't say that. I think one of the things about Mac is he's not a team player. He he speaks what's on his yeah. mind, and I think that in the end could could be held against him. He's not a partner. Yeah. Yep. I mean, um, but I think yeah, and he he also and to Lofi's point, he's not going to be hosting around the octagon if he can't fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Also well, what's what's sort of worse is that he can't. I don't think Mac Danzig. Here's a hypothetical situation: if he had to host around the octagon, do you think Mac Danzig would actually hawk Burger King as a devout vegan? Do you think he would do it? <laughs> like, like if Dana, um, if Dana White says you have you have to host I don't around think so. the octagon, promoted by nope. by Burger King. Do you think don't, Mac Danzig? Don't would, they have would, veggie whoppers now, though? No, not here. Not I'm here sure that would. They don't have I'm sure that would allay all of its concerns about Burger King. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you can get a vegetarian Whopper here. What? Somehow, I don't California. think the fact. I don't think the fact that Burger King offer a vegetarian option would really offset sort of the moral strife that the McDanzig would feel. Ignore yeah, the 600 pounds of cow behind the counter. Look at the veggie burgers. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. Max, that kind of guy. Seriously, I think, I think this is my favorite. Did he have a big fit on Ultimate Fighter about killing a fly? Remember that? 
Yeah, exactly. I think I think this yeah. is maybe one of my favorite MMA hypotheticals I've heard in a while. I want to see what happens if uh, if Mac Danzig stays on roster and they try to make him promote Burger King. Is this what to ask for? Like, I want I want this to happen. Well, hey, you know, as long as, Burger, as long as they can come up with two hundred grand a year, he'll you know they'll pimp yes. on anything. Okay. <laughs> way to way to keep the top goal there, Murphy Brown. <laughs> One eight hundred nine six seven nine two four four. The number to phone in. Jay Breen at SureDog.com. Email in and Twitter at com slash Jordan Breen to tweet in. Since we're about to talk, Mark Coleman goes without saying that Jeff from Oceanside would be on the phone. Jeff, stick up for Coleman. Woo! <laughs> uh, you gotta, you're, gonna, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to make a case for Coleman because all of us are about to pick against him in about two minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know you're all haters. But first of all, I, I want to I believe say, the I'm, word is Jeff. The word is realists. <laughs> How real is it to think that Mark Coleman's going to lose to Stephen Bonner? Come on, pretty now. damn real. Mark Coleman's going to take him down, ground and pound, and then gas out by the third round. But he won't be. But Bonner won't be able to finish him, and he'll win twenty nine twenty eight decision. Uh, no. Yeah. I like I like I like how he sort of like keeps his prediction in the realm of almost quasi realism by predicting like a twenty nine twenty eight decision <laughs> as opposed to like a knockout in the first. But at the same time he's still picking Mark Coleman. I like that. Well I mean that's what's gonna happen. He's gonna take him down in the first round, pound him, it's gonna be an obvious ten nine. Second round he's gonna take him down, he's gonna start to guess. People like Breen are gonna say, Oh, well, Bonner probably should have won that round, or it should have been a 10-10, but it's really going to be Mark Coleman's round. Everybody's going to give it to him. And the third round, he's going to be gassed as hell, but he isn't going to be able to be stopped, and Bonner can't stop him, and then he's going to win. Because, I mean, Bonner can't tap him out. He isn't Fedor, he isn't Nogueira, and he can't pay like Takata. I'm glad we got to bring up, I'm glad we got to bring up the Takata fight now. Jeff, after such a bold prediction, anything else? Uh, I wanted to just tell everybody, whoever picked T.J. Grant's going to lose, because remember, he was on the Jordan Breen show yesterday, and mm-hmm. judo over wrestling in that fight also. Donger 2, Dong Bar. Anything else, Jeff? Uh, oh, no. No, I'm good. Peace, man. <laughs> so, how would you all like your Stefan Bonner? Slow roasted. Um, so is, that, is, that, is, is, is slow roasted a euphemism for uh, a three-round decision? No, it's actually it's just a fast roasted. I've got round one sub. Fair. TJ? Sub two. Okay. Jeff Sherwood? TKO two. Ooh. Going, going with the hands and the feet of Bonner. I'm feeling it. I, I'm getting a little... Thinking outside the box. Maybe a little you know, Williams repeat. Yeah, you know what's crazy is that Every time Mark Coleman fights now, I just can't get Pete Williams out of my head. I, I don't care who he's fighting. I just keep seeing that over. And even during the fight, I just even if he's not gassed yet, that just keeps flashing in my head. I can't get it out. I don't know if it's a sickness or what. I, I see but, Mark Coleman every single time a dog shakes his head, like if they're wet or anything. It's, that's Mark Coleman. Yeah, that too. <laughs> that, that that was a that was a fantastic reaction to getting hit. I wish, I wish someone would react like that more often. Let's see, let's see how you feel in Bonner's victory. Uh, sub round two. Greg Savage. Sub yeah, two. I I will go uh, submission round two as well. Um, is there seems to be like a lot of people who who um. 
perhaps it's a, a sort of a lack of appreciation for Stephen Bonner or the fact that a lot of people don't necessarily feel that uh, Mark Coleman's completely done. But um, what does this fight sort of look like? I mean, we, we predict a finish, but is this going to sort of be, you know, Coleman just running around blowing takedowns and, and getting, you know, idly punched and kicked? And or, or what, what does this look like? I will say for, although my, yeah, ugly, I mean, you know, though my pick reflects kind of a clear vision of how this will go, I still can't really envision this fight at all. I, I think about it, and it's like, I don't know. It's just not Mark Coleman winning. It's just all I can think of. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, your, that's your technical analysis. I just, I just cannot visualize Mark Coleman winning. <laughs> I, I appreciate the birds in the background, Jack. That's good yeah, stuff. Well, you know, I, I wish I could shut them up, but I don't have my rifle. Oh, you can. I got a paintball, paintball gun. Works wonders. <laughs> they're talking. They're trying to wake up Savage. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Well, I no dice on that. A little more than birds. <laughs> <just had. laughs> All right. We will take a break. Time to get into the main card, the exciting things. Yoshihiro Akiyama being a fashionista. Alan Belcher um, coming out with really bad entrance music. And, of course, John Fitch. Maybe that'll wake Greg Savage up. 1-800-967-9244 is the number to phone in. jbreen at com to email in and twitter.com slash Jordan Green to tweet in. We will be back, and hopefully Greg will be a bit more lively and there will be less bird action, but if nothing else, we get to talk about Yoshihiro Akiyama's very, very... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Deep wardrobe on the other side of this break. Right here. The sure Dog Radio Network. Stay close. The sure Dog Radio Network. All your favorite MMA fighters. Many of them are available now as collectible figurines from Round 5. Randy Couture, Ortiz, and Anderson Silva are among more than 20 superstars in the Round 5 lineup. Gina Carano is the door of the expanded series of six fighters coming soon. Check them all out at www.round5mma.com or at Toys R Us and other great stores across North America. Round 5, real to the sport. Hey, this is David Camarillo. I'd really like you to check out my book, Gorilla Jiu-Jitsu. It's the best book out there on meshing the two arts, Judo and Jiu-Jitsu. I'm a black belt in both. Uh, my experiences all over the world. 
I've gained uh, and brought all the techniques that I've learned in Japan, uh, training in Brazil, uh, training in the United States, training with the best, and uh, it's in this book. So if you want to take your game to another level and you want to revolutionize your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, get my book, Real Jiu-Jitsu. Check out this book and other titles now at the SureDog.com store. Dog Radio Network. We're back to beat down here on the Sure Dog Radio Network. Joining myself now on the phone is UFC welterweight champion George Rush St. Pierre. George, how are you? I'm great, buddy. Wait, this is not George. What makes you say that, my friend? Just listen to yourself. This is this is that gosh darn kid from that commercial. You're right, but me and George St. Pierre are like the same person now. <laughs> no, you're not. We are too. Ask me anything. What did you think about George St. Pierre's fight against BJ Penn and the controversy following the bout? I beat him fairly squarely. This is stupid. Why are you calling thinking you're anything like George St. Pierre? Because I bought George St. Pierre's walkout shirt from UFC 94, and you can own it too. Just head over to SureDog.com and pick up this awesome Silver Star shirt. It's machine washable, accented in silver foil, and 100% cotton. And you're 100% lame. Shut up, TJ. You can't handle my rhythm. Right. I'm sure no one can handle your rhythm. Actually, there's someone on the phone that wants to challenge you. This is Big John Brown from Belushi, and I'll fight that kid. I'm not afraid of you. I'm coming for you. Uh, I gotta go. <laughs> of course he's gotta go. SureDog.com, serving up heaping fistfuls of mixed martial arts. Heaping fistfuls of whip-ass bitch! Every day, pops working hard, they provide them food. Working on the same shift, midnight until noon. That 30 years of 12 hours shifts take so. But he never complained as long as he filled the bowls. He left late one night like he normally does. Kissed his wife goodbye and gave his kids a group hug. He stopped at the store and there was a chill in the air. How could he know that he would take his last breath in there? He walked down the aisle to the backboard drink when he's rugged. Shards don't want to blink. They told the clerk, give me every last penny you got. Just stay calm and nobody can. Pops up down in the back in silence. But he hit a snack back that attracted tyrants. They seen his reflection and they cocked it. And at a quarter past twelve, Pops wife phone rung. Stayed in the place, cause today's the day for murder. Strapping us up, nobody wanna care. Stay in your place, it ain't safe outside. It's murder. Smelling your bones, smell it in the air. This ain't the place to make waves. You'll face the murder. Speak around the corner, watching every step. Dig an early grave if you're trying to be brave. Your face in your own. This is a Sure Dog Radio Network special report. Down on the south side, ain't no parents around. Nobody down there. Welcome back to the Shredog Radio Network Roundtable for UFC 100, which goes down Saturday night at the Mandalay Bay Event Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm your Roundtable host, Jordan Rain. I am the Bruce Beck of these parts. I'm joined by a cast of Jeff Blatnick, Greg Savage, Jeff Sherwood, Luffy Seriana, Jack and Consal, and TJ DeSantis. The commission. 1-800-967-9244 is the number to phone in. Jaybreen at Shredog.com to email in and Twitter.com slash Jordan Breen to tweet in. Dorian from Louisville, the guy who told me that Rashad Evans would beat up Chuck Liddell and was right and I was wrong, is on the phone. Dorian, what's good? What's up, man? I got another prediction. Make, make it a guarantee. Michael Bisling yeah. is going to dominate Dan Anderson. I know you haven't okay, touched so, on that fight so yet. So dominate. Dominate. Yeah. Give me, uh, give me your rationale. 
Uh, I don't see Henderson. If he, I can see him taking him down, but his business is very crafty about getting up. And, you know what I'm saying? Getting back to his feet when he takes on wrestlers like that. And on feet, I don't even think it's a it's a matchup because Bisbee's going to dominate Henderson. And, I mean, if he does take him down, there's a chance he gets submitted. I don't think Henderson's going to get submitted on the ground, but he's going to get right back up and dominate him on his feet. I'm saying second round, no, third round, TKO. Extremely, extremely bold prediction. You know that at this point that if – Dan Henderson just rolls over Michael Bisping, that you're no longer going to be Dorian from Louisville, the guy who picked Rashad Evans to beat up Chuck Liddell, and I was wrong. He's going to be, you know, Dorian from Louisville, the guy who was adamant that Bisping was going to knock out Dan Henderson. Yeah. I think that Henderson Fully aware. is a better fight for him rather than Rich Franklin. If Rich Franklin would have been a tougher fight for him. A lot of people think Henderson's more of a bad matchup. I don't see it that way. But that's all I wanted no. to say. Well, beautiful. Definitely another bold prediction. We'll see if you can go 2-0 and on Sherlock Radio Network bold predictions. Dorian, always a pleasure, man. Now he's just going to become a, you know, just a guy throwing things out there when he loses his pick. TJ even pulls one out once in a while. Yeah, yeah. the check on go over Miracle Crow Cop will never forget. Right. Hey, hey, I wasn't working for Sherdog then, but it's documented. You can find it. I believe I was the only one in the universe to say Tito Ortiz was going to have to go to a decision with Patrick Cote. <laughs> wow, that's Ooh. impressive. Okay. That is wow. impressive. Okay, you got us. Good. You're right. Good. You're a, le- you're a legend. Thank you, Jeff. I mean, let me <laughs> let me uh, let me text Dana about considering you for the Hall of Famer. Right nah, now. nah, I'm good. <laughs> Back up. That's my that's my head that's supposed to be over there. Back up. One eight hundred nine six seven nine two four. For the number to phone in. Give me a Green at SureDog.com to email in and Twitter.com slash Jordan Green to tweet in. Slowly losing my will to live, but fortunately the main card is here and it's pretty damn good. Yoshihiro Akiyama used to joke that he was as big as Michael Jackson in Korea. Well, Michael Jackson's dead now, so we'll see what it holds for <laughs> UFC I, debut. I didn't hear that, really? When he takes on Alan Belcher. TJ, you lap Paris and lap first. Is everyone's favorite oil of Olay purchaser in mixed martial arts going to do it big against Alan Belcher? Or is Mississippi going to raise up? I like Alan Belcher in this fight. This is sort of my upset uh, pick this weekend. It's my it's my Czech Congo, if you will. Alan Belcher, I think, impressed uh, a lot of people in his fight against Dennis Kang. I think... Um, it's a, it's a similar fight for him. I think he gets a submission. I think it's going to be late. I say third round, Alan Belcher. Was someone someone actually I think took Belcher over Kang on our roundtable. Was it was it you? It was me. someone did. It was me. Yeah. So you got you got a good history with Alan Belcher. Yeah. I'm, I, I think I might just have to pick him until until he lets me down. <laughs> See, well, I don't have, have a good history with him next time. <laughs> See, me personally, I don't have a good history with Alan Belcher. I think he's incredibly talented, and I expected a lot out well, of his him. His nickname uh, is the talent. Exactly, but he's never really been able to put it together. And whenever I sort of – whenever there's a fight where I think that unequivocally he's going to make a statement, he really blows it badly. Nope. Jason I, thought he was, I thought he was going to destroy Kendall Grove, and that was just horrible. Jordan, and Jordan, Jason, Jordan, this isn't Japan, yeah. bro. Yeah. This isn't Japan. <laughs> And and the Jason Day fight, I'm still not over entirely. <laughs> so, um, 
I, I certainly think that if you're if you're looking to bet, Alan Belcher is one of the best underdogs you can get here. There's a lot of positive things he has going for him. He's got a diverse game. He's got really good finishing skill, and he's really tough. The problem I see here, and, and one of the reasons that I'm going to shy away from picking him, is the fact that it seems like once he really gets hit, we saw it in the Jason Day fight, we saw it in the Kendall Grove fight, he can he can hang on and he can play comebacks if guys are on top of him and trying to grapple. George Santiago, he did it. Dennis Kang, he did it. But when guys hit him, it's the, the wheels just come flying off, and it's not too long before the end is coming. I think Akihama hits him. I think he probably TKOs him. Um, I, I definitely think this is going to be a, a case of who strikes the biggest first. Um, and I think Akihama has the skills to do it. I think he probably hits Belcher harder first and, and really starts and, and precipitates that, that slide. But I really think this is a, a tough first matchup for Yoshihiro Akihama. And I think the way that we talk about Alan Belcher you know, the potential for him to really tip over the apple cart, as he did against Dennis Kang, I definitely think that's why he's sort of going to be the middleweight gatekeeper, you know, oh, you're coming from Japan, how good really are you sort of guy for a long time to come. So I'm going to go with Akiyama in the first round, but I definitely think we could see some upset wildness here. Are you with that upset wildness, Luffy? Um, No. I'm not. There are actually a couple of things that perplex me on this card, and the first and foremost being why Alan Belcher is getting so much play. Uh, I, I'm, I I think, I guess, I'm the only one who saw Dennis Kang essentially give him that guillotine choke in their last fight, and, I mean, Belcher didn't... There wasn't any sort of big talent, or a big expression of talent, if you will, on the part of Belcher to get that guillotine choke. Kang essentially gave it to him, just stuck his neck out there on a garbage uh, takedown, and I thought he lost a split decision to uh, Ed Herman back at uh, Ultimate Fight Night 15. So, and then, obviously, there's still the Jason Day TKO loss, so I don't know really where all this hype for Alan Belcher is coming from. I think Akiyama's going to win. I think Akiyama's going to win rather convincingly, and I think uh, I'm picking him uh, TKO round one. Well, that's bold. Are you going to be as bold as your beatdown homie, Jack? Oh, me. Um, be quite the opposite. I'm, 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 not actually... sure go- I'm not sure where I was going with that. I realized I could go TJ <laughs> or I could go Jack. TJ's not yeah. there. It took me a second to decide, but it's you. You're on the spot now. Regularly referred to as the beatdown. Yes, the beatdown homie indeed. No, I mean, I I don't know. For me, I have several questions about Akiyama, the, the, the biggest of which, and unless I'm making a huge oversight in my memory, with the exception of the Masaki fight, um, I can't remember him fighting without a gi. And the guy always wins, you know, almost a lot of his wins come from gi chokes, Ezekiel chokes, things that require a gi to pull off. I mean, Yoshiro are you, Akiyama are you, is... Are you waiting for me to list every fight he's yes. not in the gi? Yes, um, yes, I am. He didn't, he Carry didn't on. fight in the gi for the uh, the Dennis Kang fight. First he didn't fight in the gi for the Dennis Kang fight, okay. That was a uh-huh. knockout. That he, that was the one fight where I kind of could see your call that um, he's going to put a heavy hand on him. But uh, okay. but the, Naga- the Nagata fight was a gi, right? The Katsuhika Nagata fight? Uh, yes, because he, okay. he, he, he wore the gi and the Nagata wore a singlet. Right. Um... Well, okay. I mean, you, you know, you can list them later if you want, but I think <laughs> I just that that's something to me. I, that, that that's something that makes me really have difficulty forecasting this thing. His last two fights, I think something changed after that Misaki loss. I don't know exactly what it was, but that Shibata and that um, what was it, uh, Tanu- Masanori Tanuka fight, 
um, he, he looks sluggish. He didn't put those guys away as quickly as he could. You know, he was put on those cards because he draws ratings uh, on a dream show. And, uh, you know, he was given opponents to showcase himself and continue to be this, you know, winning bad guy that's so lucrative over there. But I, I, I remember quite a bit of questions about, you know, really how, how, how long it took him to put away these guys that he should have handled uh, credential-wise and record-wise. I, I don't think we're looking at the same Yoshirakiyama that we think we are. I mean, he seems to be in, in that, uh, very good shape. There's a lot of buzz about that, but I don't know. I just see Alan Belcher having the comfort zone it's going to take to win this thing via decision, and Akiyama's going to have a bit of a learning curve, uh, Gilas and on stateside for the first time. The one thing I will say sort of in accordance to his his last two fights is like there's been sort of this narrative of, oh, he hasn't been the same since Masaki knocked yeah. him out. Well, yeah. the problem with those two fights is that this guy really didn't train for them at all, like did not. Like mm-hmm. they, they were, they were like fights produced on like a week and two weeks notice. He already wanted to get away from FUG and was trying to burn up his fights as quickly as possible. And he really didn't do any time in the gym at all. And it, it eventually showed the fact that he was far better than the guys he was facing. And in most cases, even you know when you have a talent disparity like that, eventually cream's going to rise to the top. But it can be a bit more difficult if you really don't put any time at all in the gym, which is basically what the, what the case was. Nonetheless, we are in an interesting predicament. I, I thought maybe we'd get one Belcher uh, bit of love, but it's 2-2. Jeff, are you going to go with Akiyama? Are you going to go with Belcher? Well, you know, the thing with Belcher, you know, they call him the talent. And, and I agree. I, I see it. I see where he gets that. The problem is there's a lot of talented guys that that are younger, and sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. I mean, look at David Price yesterday. I mean, that was the David Price that everybody was waiting to show up. You know, not the one that gave up eight runs in two innings his last start or something. And I think when these, you know, when they're younger like this, it's kind of a curve. I'm not even sure how how old or young Belcher is. But, man, I mean, there's so many fights of his that I just scratch my head at. I, I, I get behind him, and I'm like, okay, this kid is a true prospect. You know, let's watch this kid. And then all of a sudden, Boom, Kendall Grove comes. Oh, my gosh. And then, okay, then he has a couple mediocre wins. And, all right, okay, I, I saw some talent. I saw what they're – and then comes Jason Day, and I'm just like, man, come on. So there's no way that I could take Alan Belcher against Akiyama right now. Um, you know, not that I don't think that he can't beat him. I think that he can, but I just don't think that he shows up every fight for some reason. Um, so I'm going to go with Akiyama by, I, I'm, I think it's going to be a tough fight, and I think it's going to go to a decision. Well, we'll see if Akiyama can clear it 4-2, or if we're going to tie the score up for Alan Belcher. Greg, are you going to stick one in the column for the talent? Ditto. <laughs> so, so are we going, are, are we going <laughs> Akiyama here? No, I, yeah, I got Akiyama by a decision as well. Yeah, it's hard to pick Belcher right now, man. Uh, the guy who's inconsistent, who has got all the tools, just hasn't been able to put it together. So it's hard to take someone who's that inconsistent. So I'll go with the uh, the grizzled veteran Akiyama. I don't know if David you can call him Price. grizzled. He is very sort of smooth with his with his moisturizing routine. But I almost feel bad making Greg talk at this point. He's so physically out of shape. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he would say um, something about my David Price analogy because I thought it was spot on, but. Nobody even cared. Half and most, you know what's funny is ninety percent of the people out there have no idea who the hell Dave Price is. Hey, I said disappointment. Everything you said, was right. like, including. Oh, thanks, buddy. 
All right. Look, I'm I'm happy. Any anytime, Jeff, you get sort of excited for May, you're gonna start making baseball analogies. I'm there. I'm excited. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Before we hit the next fight, Jordan, can I lay a question out on the table for the panel? Absolutely. Why sure. did the UFC sign Yoshiro Akiyama? Big in Korea. Why give him Alan Belcher at UFC 100 on a show that... Why give him Alan Belcher? I mean, if you want to... Why not wait till you go to Korea? Maybe I, maybe I don't understand this. Um, I, I would say some of it is um, sort of the fact that they're going to be paying him money, so they don't want to really make it super easy for him. I think they would like mm-hmm. them a serviceable acid test to really know sort of where he is and what they can do with him. And mm-hmm. I think that there's always, you know, it's like uh, something I talked about with Kid Nate from Bloody Elbow on my show on Thursday. There's always some level of, of schadenfreude with, with, you know, Zufa bringing over guys from yeah, Japan. Yeah. You know, like, like I mentioned, you know, a hypothetical Joachim Hansen Gray Maynard fight is perfect. You know, like, like if they just signed Joachim Hansen right now and put him against Gray Maynard, like if he was a late replacement for Roger Huerta, that's a perfect fight because either they get a guy who's entertaining and has a look and the guy that they can sell as a contender, or he loses and then Joe Silva can pass around notes to Joe Rogan and says, this isn't in Japan anymore, and they can all laugh at him. It's a win-win situation. Yeah. In the, uh, in the spirit of UFC 100 trivia, what fight took place when Joe Silva passed that note? What precipitated that note pass? Or is that the right answer? I think yeah, he did it I, for. But I think he did it for Machida Sokaju as well. Hmm. Which one came first? Shogun, Machida Shogun and um, Shogun and um, Forrest Griffin came first. Hmm, September to December. Someone, I remember. someone, go Google it. Yeah, please. I, I do believe it was in fact uh, UFC seventy six. If you, Jack, if you have the answer to your own trivia question wrong, bad things are coming. It happens. <laughs> it has already happened. <laughs> 1-800-967-9244, the number to phone in. jbreen at sherdog.com to email in. And twitter.com slash jordanbreen to tweet in. Um, some love for uh, Tom Lawler here. Dan in Liverpool writes in, Breen, I saw Lawler fight a couple of years ago, and he looked like a good prospect. Good striking, his grappling is ever improving. I'm shocked, all capital letters that no one on Sherdog staff gives him a chance against an overhyped dollar away. If it ends early or goes to a decision, Lawler will win. And on that same note, uh, Will from Florida writes in, what's up, Roundtable? I wanted to give you a few reasons why you should be giving Tom Lawler a little more credit than you are in his fight against CB. First, Tom is fighting for the first time ever at 185, coming down from 205. The only two fights we've seen from him, aside from YouTube, are against Ryan Bader and Kyle Kingsbury. Both fighters were considerably larger than Tom, and yet he was able to stuff several of Bader's takedown attempts and completely controlled the much larger Kingsbury for, two, for, for a full three rounds. I think people are going to be surprised by the strength advantage that Tom will bring to the fight. He's also been training for the last several years with Seth Petruzzelli, so he sees crazy stand-up skills every day in practice. Don't be surprised if Tom controls the pace of this fight and ends up with a very impressive decision victory. I have a question. Like, like Since Seth Petruzzelli got brought up. Um, when are we finally going to see Zad Petruzzelli finish a fight with something really exotic? Like, like, it seems, it, like his entire offense is like spinning hook kicks, and he's always done all these wild you know, karate moves, and he's never like finished anyone with it. Like, like his big finish was the fact he finished Kimbo with like, a jab. <laughs> why, 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 couldn't, why couldn't he have hit Kimbo with a spinning hook kick? Well, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea why I said Tetraselli doesn't implement that game plan. All I, I know is I that... Want, I demand answers about Seth Petruzzelli. Now! 
Well, the only thing you're going to get is Tim teaming up with Colonel Bob to completely <laughs> rip the airwaves up with fantastic commentary. That's all you're going to oh, get okay. out of Seth. That and his um, pink hair. Jason, Don't Jason talk about his pink hair. Yes, this is, this is definitely up. true. Come and get um, you. I, was glad, I was glad that he was just healthy enough to fight and not pull out. Um, the the emails have started to roll in for the uh, not provide any more comments, and uh, thus far people have seemed to believe it was, in fact, the Machida fight. So um, thus far, good job, Jack. Your, your trivia question appears to have held up. Cool. Uh, uh, let me say more. I'll say more if you want me to. <laughs> no, no. I was just, I was just I, it was one of those awkward sort of things that I didn't know if you were going to continue sentence. I'm glad that you didn't. We can go on to the next fight. Indeed, let's roll. All right, we've finally come to that fight that Greg has been awaiting where one of his boy toys, John Fitch, can perhaps put a hammer job on uh, Brazilian special ops badass Paulo Tiago, who beat up his teammate Josh Kostic in February with the sudden hand of God out of nowhere. Can he make lightning strike twice? Who knows, but if nothing else, at least we get to see Waleed Ismail in, in the UFC once again. If there's any reason that you should hope for a Paulo Tiago victory... It's more of a lead in the corner. So, who wants to stick up for Paulo Tiago? Who, who, who wants to make it 2-0 and for Valid Ishmael's boy? Nope. I just, want to fix, I just want to fix the rankings again. <laughs> well, look, if, if, it's, it's up to Paulo Tiago. Like, if, if he loses and gets beat up, yep. so be it. And if he wins, the, the resume keeps on expanding. That's what I'm saying. So... Obviously, we're all picking John Fitch to regulate. How would you all like your John Fitch? I'm feeling a decision. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm willfully ignorant about Paulo Tiago. It, it's a real shame. For some reason, he's one fighter that I'm just not motivated to research or know anything about, despite his incredible... Why? He's, 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 he's special ops. He's a badass. He's a good <laughs> he is, he's... array of Brazil. Well, no, there's no he, footage he of that. Hangs out, he hangs out with Valid Ishmael, probably the greatest <laughs> personality in Brazilian MMA. It's true. I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm mystified by this man. The only fight I saw of, of his besides the Kostchik fight was the one where he like threw a high kick and blew out his knee, or his opponent did that. Actually, his opponent did yes. that. Yes. Um, and after that, I was like, man, that's all I can find on Paulo Tiago, and it was, and I never revisited it. So, whatever. Uh, I I don't know. I just see Fitch doing you know doing dominance, but not necessarily you know putting this guy to sleep. I, I see a decision. Yeah. Jeff Sherwood, how you liking your John Fitch? I'm I'm looking decision too. I, I think uh you know, I think Fitz is gonna beat him up for three rounds. I think it's gonna get pretty ugly, but I don't think he's gonna quit, you know. So I, I don't think uh he's gonna stop the fight, but he's gonna beat him up. So I'm going decision Fitch as well. Lucky Sariamin. Uh sub round two, Fitch. Repping for Gorilla Jiu Jitsu, Lucky Sariano with the finish pick. Are you feeling left, TJ? Yeah, I, I like that pick. I, I'm going to go sub, too. I'm a little hesitant now that Lofi said it, but, um, you know. <laughs> I, I thought I set up a sizable gap between Jack and myself. I didn't, I didn't come all on me. Yeah, Kostchek was beating up Tiago, and then, you know, I hate to say it, just sort of got caught. I think Fitch would be all over um, Tiago like like uh, Kostchek was, and, and he'll make him pay. Uh, t- uh, submission round, too. We're going to choke, even. Not quite as exotic as the Peruvian necktie that Jack called earlier, but so noted. Greg, how's, how's John Fitch going to get her done? 
I like a submission as well. I'll take it to the third, though. Uh, I think he'll beat him up on the feet, soften him up, and uh, once he puts him on his back, he'll find a submission. Hey, God, I just, I, like, I feel, feel bad making Why? them speak at this point. <laughs> you, sound, you sound like, you actually sound physically affected, like deeply physically uh, affected. Well, this is what happens when Savage is hungover and he can't eat anything. Wow. Have you Hopefully eaten today, Greg? Some... <laughs> nope. Yep. Hopefully we can get some uh, bread and water in this man's system relatively soon. Some I've been drinking first. water. I'm drinking water all morning. I just feel sorry for his family. Why? Get out of the room. I'm hungover. <laughs> well, if, if nothing else, it should it should make Greg happy that John Fitch is going to win this fight. Uh, I think it plays out one of two ways, and it really only depends on how tough Paulo Tiago is. He's really never had a guy like go at him with real offense and really push against him. Koscheck was really the only guy who ever did anything, and it wasn't really sustained offense. He was hunting and pecking on the feet. Um, this will be the first time that he really has to deal with a guy taking him down, beating him up really badly. Um, if he is a guy who can bleed and get smashed on and deal with it, he can make it to a really lopsided decision, like a four or five point spread. But if not, I think it's going to look like a Fiorvanti fight, like the Berkman fight. I like Fitch uh, submission round two as well. Um, um, I, I think there'll be a, a massive sort of gap in skill here. Thiago's striking really isn't that good. He's got some nice throws, but they're all inside where he won't be able to get to John Fitch. And his submission game is very sort of predictable. And John Fitch, I think people don't give him enough credit for how good his ground game really is. Uh, I really don't see things going too swimmingly for Validi Smiles Boy in this one. However, two uh, interesting emails, one about Politiago but another one, I'm not even... I'm not even sure what it's connected to, but Matt from New York just emailed out of the blue uh, 27 minutes ago. Subject, Dave Camarillo. Body, I hate Dave Camarillo like he killed my dog. <laughs> Matt from New York. Wow. Man, uh, Dave, Dave must have just paid him a visit, man. What's wow. that about? I, 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 I'm not, I'm, I don't condone hating Dave Camarillo. You should buy uh, his, his instructional on Gorilla Jiu-Jitsu from the Shredbot.com store. Obviously a very good trainer. Not sure what uh, what he did to Matt from New York. Um, but on, on a bit rosier hypothetical tip, uh, Mark from Vancouver writes in, if Paulo Tiago actually beat John Fish convincingly on Saturday, does he jump in line to the next UFC title shot? Tiago looked horrible up until the KO punch versus Koscheck, but two wins against top ten competition would be fairly impressive either way. Also, if Tiago Alves beats George St. Pierre, I think the gosh darn kid commercial should officially be retired since GSP would no longer be he would no longer be welterweight champion as he's described in the commercial. Even though I'm a Canadian, a huge GSP fan, as someone who listens to every Sherdog show, I may cheer for Alves, but it means the end of that commercial that drives me crazy. Don't worry. Per week. Win or lose, it's, it's not airing after this round table. <laughs> okay, now, I, obviously, I don't, I don't think that even if you want to impress Lee Tiago, is going to get the next title shot that's going to probably go to the winner of, of Mike Swick and Martin Campman. But in the interest of sort of having maximizing challengers, I think I think it's unlikely. Like like even if he kept winning, I think it would be unlikely that Paulo Tiago <laughs> would really be good enough to, to like win enough fights to, to win a title shot uh, the honest way. It, it, does anyone sort of think that it would sort of almost be prudent for them to put him in a title fight? Since, for instance, the winner of Cantman Swick is probably going to keep winning, so they're go they're going to be there, just like John Fitch for that matter. You know, they're going to be there down the line, winning fights against good welterweights. Paulo Tiago might not be. Do you do you sort of uh, jump at that? No. If, no you need to, if you need a Spike TV main event, 
Man, hating hating on Paulo Tiago. Valid Ishmael would hate you guys. Uh, sure. He'd call you guys obvious. cheekins, just like High and Grace. <laughs> he loves me. Who, yeah, Valide? so I'm, I'm, I'm covered. Valid Ishmael, yeah, God. What, what a guy. Do I get, what a guy. For, do I get any Have credit you? for having like an ethnic-sounding name? At least would he... Would he you okay with no, me for that? No, not at all. You're not, you're not even vaguely Brazilian. Absolutely I've not. I've got the Portuguese last name, son. Uh, well, yeah, you're not lefty. You, you can have a bit of a... You can, you can slide a bit. Jeff, did you have an interesting anecdote about the lead? I'm, I'm so there if you do. I'm just wondering if you guys have ever seen the photo photoshopped of him in the Walmart vest. As I have, leader. yes. <laughs> I still look at that, like, once a week and just sit here in front of my computer and laugh. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Like, what, do we, what do we have for a fight finder picture of the lead? I hope we have something good. If not, I'm going to have to get Marcelo Alonso to send us in something that's really A+. Plus because, uh, yeah, oh, no, we, we, got a, we got a pretty good one. The, the picture we have up is very, it's very Valide-esque. So I, I think we're good on that front. We will take uh, a break, I, but when we come back... Oh, go ahead. No question. Uh, since, since the listenership is so stealth and trivia matters, I wonder if UFC 100 will be the first time where a guy with the first name... Uh, fights on a card with a guy who has the same last name as in two Tiagos. <laughs> Check it out. Figure it out. Has, has anyone has anyone named Anderson ever fought on Anderson? I, that was my first thought, and I couldn't. No, I couldn't think of anybody. That is a really strange question, but definitely one that <laughs> sure. I'm very intrigued by. So, mm-hmm. if nothing else, we need to take a break so I can attempt to track down an answer to a very <laughs> trivia question. But uh, want your calls, your emails, your tweets. 1-800-967-9244. Number to phone in. jbreen at com to email in. Twitter.com slash jordanbreen to tweet in. The big three, the Ultimate Fighter 9, wrap up for real, and two title fights. All that and more on the other side of this break right here on the SureDog Radio Network. Special report. Stick close. The SureDog Radio Network. This is Ryan Parsons. If you want to improve your performance, increase your energy, use Life Force every day, three times a day, before training, morning, evening, and afternoon. Life Force High Energy Greens, a combination of 48 alkalizing grasses, herbs, and vegetables. Set yourself apart from your competition. Use Life Force Greens every day. Available at SureDog.com. All your favorite MMA fighters. Many of them are available now as collectible figurines for round five. Randy Couture, Ortiz, and Anderson Silva are among more than 20 superstars in the round five lineup. Gina Carano is the door of the expanded series of six fighters coming soon. Check them all out at www.round5mma.com or at Toys R Us and other great stores across North America. Round five, real to the sport. Heard on the Shadow Radio Network. Audience. Spiny for artists such as Hoslo. Hoslo. Whitlow is as Anno Smith. Wake up and find your careers over with. You can bet when it be on, I go to limp. We'll recognize on strength and immovable objects. Money, money, you must save as a cow. Without me, you will be out. Money, talk, wait, money, your mouth. First time, I can't figure you out. 
Southern guy uh, calling in right now from South Carolina. What's up, Southern guy? Hey, the Southern boy's getting ready to eat a real Southern meal for lunch right now. What are you going to have? Grilled chicken, macaroni and cheese, green beans, and cornbread. Why is that chicken fried? Hey, well, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to eat healthy, you know what I mean? Speaking of lunch, Jeff, you don't actually uh, pack up the DVDs and send them yourself, do you? No, I don't. Okay, because I ordered a Best of 2007 DVD from Sherdog, and it came, and when I opened the box, man, I'm not even joking. I swear it smelled like McDonald's french fries when I opened it up. <laughs> So, so I, I didn't know if you were actually uh, packing them up that day or what. But well, yeah. even, even if I did, it would be all right just to smell like it. But if you found a fry in there, I'd be pissed. Nope. I'll send it. I'll send it back to you. You can eat it. Right. The Sure Dog Radio Network. Dog Radio Network's roundtable for UFC 100, which goes down Saturday night at the Mandalay Bay Event Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm a roundtable host, Jordan Breen. I am the Mike Goldberg around these parts with my fantastic hair, and I'm joined by the ever-exciting cast of Joe Rogans that I have with me, Greg Savage, Jeff Sherwood, Jack and Carnes, so Lefty Sari Ahmed, and TJ DeSantis. 1-800-967-1990. If you're not going to say it like you mean it, you might as well just dump it all together. 4-4 is the number to phone in. jbreen at sherdog.com. Email in twitter.com slash jordanbreen to tweet in. Before we move on to the big three of UFC 100, Eric from Pittsburgh is on the phone. Eric, what's good in the Steel City? What's up? Not Pittsburgh. Not Pittsburgh, but it is a dish. Graham, Pennsylvania. Is that near oh, way to go! He's up in he's up in Scranton, TJ. Come on now. Remember, he's a Steelers fan. Same thing. No, what? Oh, okay. no. They're actually I'm not, opposite I'm, ends. I'm not, of the state. I'm not a Steelers fan at all, man. But uh, that's all right. Apparently, I mix you up with trunks. Yeah, yeah no like, trunks. like I was like, he, he just put he just put your name on the board. I was like, oh, that's the Diz. Where is he from? And he went Pittsburgh, and I went really Pittsburgh. I thought you thought Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, I. I'm sorry. I saw. I thought for whatever. sure it was anyway. Pittsburgh. Oh well, whatever. Scranton. What's it's all right, man. That's all right, man. No problem. I'm just rocking out uh, here eating lunch at the uh, food court with uh, Brian Stan. <laughs> well, are you are you sitting with Brian Stan, or are you sort of stalking him from a distance? No, nah, man. I'm I'm chilling. I'm eating uh, with uh, one hand on a fork, the other hand on a salute. 
What? <laughs> what will he do if you take that hand down? I'm saluting him. I'm saluting right now. Man. He might as well be trunks. Oh, that's good. I thought. I swear, I thought he said one hand on the fork Easy. and the other hand on Easy. my flute. <laughs> that's what I said. I was like, wow, a savage hasn't even eaten that way. I don't think. <laughs> Hey, speaking of, speaking of savage, this is the entire reason why I called. This is the best round table I've ever heard. <laughs> my entire friggin' life. Just ask him from this friggin' round table, and you'll have you'll have gems from now on. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so I just, so our, I just got an email. Oh, man. oh, and one and, and I love Jesus <laughs> with all my heart too. <laughs> Jesus for life. All right. Oh, uh, good thank God. you for the call, Eric. <laughs> really? That was it. Yeah, that's that that's how how could it have gone up from there? That well, was he hung up. Food. I mean, he didn't even have anything else. Uh, he was not at a food court. He was no. definitely in a basement. <laughs> Probably did have his hand on his flute. Uh, well, whether or not he enjoyed his orange Julius, one eight hundred nine six seven four four is the number to phone in. Jaybreen at sherdog dot com to email in, and twitter dot com slash Jordan Breen. Did no one with the first name Thomas ever fight on a Dean Thomas show? God. Mm, interesting. Does a cat have their name Tom? Uh, I can't find anybody. Ca- carry on. I'm going I'm to keep working on this. Yeah, that's, a, that's a question for uh, Rob King. He knows all the things like that for some strange reason. He's like the <laughs> king of MMA trivia. He's also the king of stupid radio trivia, too. He decided to go through all the archives and figure out how many shows have been done with you know, whatever said pair of hosts. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, anything interesting uh, come out of this? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Onward Which we is why he brought it up. <laughs> Significantly more exciting, entertaining, and relevant to the heart of mixed martial arts than Rob King's tabulating ability, Dan Henderson and Michael Bisping will finally fight after a slightly better than anticipated season of The Ultimate Fighter 9. For Michael Bisping, he thinks he gets a title shot if he wins. If Dan Henderson wins, he also thinks he gets a title shot if he wins, although I highly doubt that there's too much market for a rematch with Anderson Silva from Dan Henderson at this point in time. However, maybe he can talk to whatever gods have given him the ability to win strange, bizarre, and amazing decisions over the years, and then they can iron something out. We had Dorian from Louisville call in earlier and say that this was, this was a Bisping beatdown and that he was going to knock out Dan Henderson. Any Bisping takers here? Yes. Ah, speak your piece. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, part of this is because I'm just floored that no one is even giving Bisping a, a chance in hell uh, against Henderson here. I mean, no, it seems as if everyone's just uh, five bucks in uh, all over Bisping for this, and I really don't understand why. Uh, he, he's a better technical boxer. He's, uh, I mean... Yes, Henderson has the overhand right, and he has that one power shot. Uh, Savage just dropped. All right, anyway. As uh, Henderson has a better power, and he could take him there. But I think Henderson caught up a lot a lot in this fight in terms of trying to just shut Bisping up, in terms of trying to knock him out and get this fight over with. But it could cost him because, again, like I said, Bisping's got better footwork. He's going to be able to work in and out. He's going to be able to frustrate Henderson, I think, a lot in this fight. And he's going to be able to rack up points that way. And then, all right, when Henderson goes to the wrestling, I'm not going to say that he doesn't have he he doesn't have the wrestling advantage. He does, 
but I'll buy into it at least the fact that Bisping's improved enough to be able to win some scrambles, to be able to not just uh, be defenseless off of his back for a little bit, to, have enough, to be able to, again, pick up enough points, the theme from uh, a lot of my picks, and win a decision there. So Bisping over Henderson by decision. Anyone else feeling what Luffy's putting down? Um, nope. No, okay, well, know. I'm I'm going I'm going to pick Dan Henderson to win our decision, but I do want to sort of I, I don't think we should portray it as though Luffy's analysis is sort of way off base because I agree with sort of the root of it. Um, what? My problem here. Mark this on I, the calendar, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've already Bisping, got it done. Bisping is definitely a better technical fighter on the feet than Dan Henderson. He throws in combination. He has far better footwork. He puts his combinations together. He lands accurately. He lands jab. Dan Henderson throws right-handed windmills. I don't really think there's too much competition there. The other thing I like is the fact that Michael Bisping tends to be able to get back up when he gets taken down, and he tries to score off his back. He goes for submissions, he punches and strikes from the guard. He, you know, is very sort of good in that capacity. My problem here is the fact that um, essentially, if you're if you're picking Michael Bisping, it's it's a tacit admission that you don't think that Dan Henderson will wrestle. And certainly, it's always a danger. You can always end up with a fight like the second Kazuo Masaki fight, or frankly. Even the first Kazuo Masaki fight, apart from the big knockdown that probably won him the fight, um, he was soundly outpointed when he tried to just land massive right-handed haymakers over and over and over again. If he does that, he will lose. He will lose the decision of Michael Bisping. But I don't think that if you're, if you're picking a guy straight up to win, I think you need a, a little something more than just, oh, can't, I, I, I do not believe that this guy will attempt takedowns at all. I certainly don't have a ton of faith in Dan Henderson's game planning, but I would just be... I would I would be borderline amazed, though I can't necessarily say I'd be surprised if he just issued takedowns and got outpointed. I do think he will go for takedowns. I don't think he'll be, you know, I don't think he'll really look great against Michael Bisping, but I think he'll do enough to take a decision. But I don't think we should act as though, I think Bisping has real sort of underdog value here, and I don't think we should sort of, you know, take the stance of, ah, Luffy, you're crazy for picking Michael Bisping. Um, Dorian's knockout, on the other hand, a bit more suspicious. TJ, do you just feel that, that Dan Henderson is going to roll to a decision? Yeah, I think so. But, you know, um, I, I had a submission in the doggy bag last week. I mean, this really comes down to Dan being smart and not loading up that right hand and going, oh, I'm going to try to get knockout of the night or fight of the night. And, and I'm sure those bonuses are going to be huge, this uh, UFC 100. Yes, the rumor, the rumor that, that stemmed from a conversation with C.B. Dalloway was that they were going to go with uh, 100K bonuses. Yeah, but. and uh, as long as Dan stays away from that, he wins this fight. He might even be able to stop uh, Bisping on the floor with the TKO, but I don't see it. I see Dan Henderson uh, fighting smart, getting takedown for takedown, and maybe uh, you know peppering him up a little bit in some scramble situations. But Dan Henderson wins this unanimous decision. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Jack, are you with that? I'm with the decision. Yes, I am. Not much to add. I do I do concur in that, you know, yeah, you can make the argument Lopfi made for Bisping. I think I think you can do that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm not as plugged into the right circles. I haven't heard anybody pick Bisping outright. Josh Gross. Doing a lot of talk. Yeah? Yeah, Josh um, Gross I mean, him on the SDS. Very good. I mean, but but... Bisping seems to be talking all the time about everyone saying he's going to get absolutely blown out of the water, and that's not my pick. I mean, I don't see him getting, I don't see Dan doing anything like in the first round that'll end this thing. I just don't see it. But Bisping seems to be sensitive as if that's out there. Maybe I'm not as plugged into the chatter. I mean, who's saying that Michael Bisping is going to get absolutely annihilated in round one? And, and, and how exactly would that happen? Apart yeah, from a right-handed haymaker, I don't, I don't see a way for it to happen. You know what I mean? And Bisping seems to be acting like he's heard it everywhere. Maybe he's, like, pumping himself up. But I haven't really heard that argument. Fair Greg, Jeff, are you guys with a, a Henderson decision? I like Henderson. This. Oh, whoa. I like <laughs> Whoa. What did he, what did he say? <laughs> Savage came loud out of nowhere. Yeah, all of a sudden he woke up. What? I think you ate something. Uh, you, like had, you had to have eaten something. Well, I've just been sitting here wallowing. Um, <laughs> I like uh, I like Henderson by stoppage in this. I think he's going to uh, TKO him. I think he'll get the advantage on the ground, get a you know dominant position, a pound away for a stoppage, probably somewhere in the second round. Jeff, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's kind of funny that Lofi comes up with this big thing. I mean, I, I think, you know, Ultimate Fighter is built for people like Lofi, and and you know they get into that. And I mean, wow. seriously, I, there wow. there totally has Thank to be you, a Jeff, point time that. where Lofi thought Forrest Griffin was the best fighter in the world. I mean, seriously, and they built up Bisping. I don't really think that. Wow. I'm, what? I'm I'm just I'm just well, trying is, to keep. Is, is he wrong? Is he wrong, Lofi? That's what I want to know. Goodness gracious, I'm just being put on blast here this well, entire week. This is answer, awesome. Answer the question. Did you ever think answer Forrest Griffin question? was the best fighter in the world? Forrest Griffin's not the best fighter in the world? I love Forrest Griffin. No, that's not what got I said. got a poster of him in my bedroom. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. okay, no, continue, I mean, Jeff. The Ultimate Fighter show could build up stars, and, and most of the people that watch the TV show and stuff that – you know, they can get into that, and I think that's kind of what Bisping's living on. And I, But at the same point, I, I don't think that Dan Henderson is, really has that fire anymore. I mean, he seems to kind of cruise through fights and thinks he's going to knock everybody out with that big overhand right, and it's just not happening anymore. He just doesn't seem like he even really cares to me, but I'm hoping that Bisping talking trash and, and kind of getting in his face a little bit, you know, lights a fire under, under him and... Uh, you know, but I still don't really know if I'm crazy about Dan Henderson fighting Anderson Silva again. 
But I, I, I think with the whole Ultimate Fighter show, the whole Bisping talking trash, and, you know, maybe Henderson being, uh, you know, wanting to fight again, I, I think this fight, it could be decent, but I told it, it has decision written all over it, and I think Dan's going to pull out that decision. But if Bisping does, I mean, I think this is a, this is a statement for Bisping because he's, you know, he's upset that he's not in our rankings. He's he's upset that people think that he's not that good, and think that he's overrated. He's upset. Well, this this is his chance. You know, prove us, prove everyone that you know you're right and everyone else is wrong. We'll see. Well, obviously, our next title challenger for Anderson Silva is going to come out of whoever's most impressive in this fight, coupled with whoever's most impressive in the Demi Maya Nathan Marquardt fight. Who's ultimately going to get the next shot? Sort of. I don't don't necessarily maybe give away your pick for when we do uh, roundtables this summer, but between what you what what you expect to happen in this fight and what you expect to happen in that fight, who's going to get the next shot at 185 pound glory? Damien. Bishop. Yeah. Anyone not named Yushinokami? <laughs> yeah, forget <laughs> about him. real answer. Not Yushinokami. Well played, TJ. Yeah. One eight hundred nine six seven nine two four four. The number to phone in jbreen at sherdog dot com to email in and twitter dot com slash jordan breen to tweet in. I'm pretty sure that Frank Shamrock is in line before you should have come in. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just noticed uh, of the tweets I've got thus far, like ninety percent of them are about the Michael Jackson joke I made. Was that really that wild? Like I didn't. Ouch! I didn't. I didn't think about it at the time. Like I didn't. I didn't care. Like, I didn't think it was a big deal. No. I didn't is, think, is it uh, really too? Is it too early to make jokes about Michael Jackson? Really? No. No. Like people have been making well, jokes not. about Michael Jackson for 25 years. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't get I mean, it. Well, I don't get with all due respect, what was even the Michael Jackson joke? I don't even remember it. Yeah, I don't See? even really want to hear it. Yeah, and and I didn't even really care when I made it. That, that's really yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that that definitely should have come across to whoever's worked up about it. <laughs> we come to the title fights and definitely one of the biggest fights that we're going to get this year or any year frankly one and two in the welterweight division and serious pound for pound implications hard to do a whole lot better than that unfortunately for them hey Brock Lesnar's on the card so you can't be the main event guys fortunately to the heart of MMA to what's really important to what's crucial and glory bound George Saint Pierre will defend the UFC welterweight title against Tiago Alves with all the 170 pound marbles at stake not 170 pound marbles, but the marbles at 170 pounds. Oh, wow. 170 pound marbles would be just extremely. That's, that's gigantic not too boulders big. That's, they'd have to bring yeah, in that's, the bobcat. That's like, yeah, that's Atlas stone type material. So I'm not sure that 170 pound marbles would be a good idea. Have fun getting those through airport security. <laughs> Speaking of um, th- this fight, there's, there's a lot of brouhaha going around about uh, George St. Pierre's elbow. Has anyone seen his mangled elbow? No. I have not. He broke it. He busted it. When? Well, he didn't. He, he didn't break his surgery. elbow. I will. I will put a picture up for you guys to get a quick, uh, quick look at. Hmm. Oh my! You, uh, this may change things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is. Don't. Don't. The elbow isn't the thing on top. That's Mark Coleman. The elbow. <laughs> I was just say, I was say, that's Mark Coleman. Yeah. No. The, you can see the elbow looking pointy. Can Can he? Yeah. Can he rain down elbows with that? I wonder. Because if so, um, that looks a, like a hammer. That looks well, like a ball pin hammer right there. Well, it's. It, I'm assuming, like, I don't know since he hasn't talked to it. George St. Pierre refuses to even reveal, like, the slightest pieces of strategy, let alone whether or not he's injured. Um, it, it just looks like garden variety elbow bursitis to me. 
So mm-hmm. uh, I don't. Question, question I don't for you, Jordan. You, you're probably yes. more familiar with this, and, and I could probably look up the unified rules for a clarification on this. Are you allowed to wear an elbow pad or an, like a neoprene um, sleeve on your elbow? I, I'm not sure if you can wear it on or on your elbows. You can definitely um, do it on the knees, and right. though it, some states are, are a bit iffy on it, I don't know if you can get away with a, a neoprene elbow pad. I'm trying to I'm trying to think if anyone uh, has worn one. Um, but to, if you go ahead and do that, you better you better think about the, the message you're sending to Tiago Alves if you come in with an elbow pad on Dusty Road style. I doubt that uh, it'll be like, like to me. Like obviously, bursitis can get nasty, but I doubt for, for those who sort of emailed and have been worried. Um, of all the awful things that MMA fighters go into fights with that we can't see that aren't readily superficial, um, elbow bursitis, for as sort of uh, cartoonish and ridiculous and Popeye-esque as it may look, uh, shouldn't be. I, I doubt that elbow bursitis is going to play a formative role in, in who wins the fight. I'm sure it'll come down to something uh, a bit more technical and specific. And so for that, TJ DeSantis, if you feeling George St. Pierre, Tiago Alves. I like George St. Pierre. I think Alves does pose a lot of um, you know style matchups that George hasn't really had to face inside the UFC. He's the best striker he's ever fought. He's probably one of the best guys uh, to defend the takedown, and then you know just the sheer size. But over 25 minutes, St. Pierre is going to shine. I think he gets takedown, takedown, beats up Thiago Alves like he beats everybody up. I think he stops him in the third round, TKO. Lucky Sariaman. I'm, I, I need to defer to Sherwood on this first because apparently I need to be guided out of my whole tough generation <laughs> stance. And hey, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, there's millions of there's millions of tough generation guys out there. It's all I'm I'm an '80s I'm guy. Just, you know? it's just the way it is. I, I, I'm just I'm just deferring to to the man on this one because my tough gen, my, my tough minded glasses have clouded my decision making. And since GSP was an assistant coach on Tough Four, it's gonna it's gonna screw everything up. Uh, uh, GSP GSP TKO round three. Now for real technical analysis, Jeff Sherwood of the pre-tough generation. What do you got? Did you say I was from uh, the tough generation? No, I'm just saying if Jeff isn't. Well, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think this is a, this is a great fight, man. The, these are the fights that you want to see. Um, these are the fights that get you excited. Even if you've been an MMA fan for two days or twelve years, you know, and I think it's going to live up to it. I, what? Like Lopi and you? Yes. Day, yes. Twelve years. <laughs> I didn't say that. See, they're savage. He finally chimes in, and he's trying to stir it up. Savage, um, savage been drunk this entire show. All of a sudden, he's got something to say. Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't think it's going to be an easy fight for George Saint Pierre. Um, but I, I think he's going to wear on Tiago. I think he's just going to wear him. Um, he's getting, you know, we hope that he takes him down. I mean, if you want George St. Pierre to win, you know, you would think that he's going to take him down and grind on him. Um, hopefully to make it even a little more exciting of a fight, he stands with him for a while, and we'll see uh, We'll see if he can uh, catch him and, and hurt him at all. But, but I'm going with George St. Pierre. I think it's going to be a very tough fight for both fighters, but I think, George St. Pierre is going to pull it out with some ground and pound in the third round to win the fight as for a decision. Greg Savage, you're one of Thiggy's Citizen. biggest supporters. Can you do a big? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, this fight actually is going to be uh, somewhat easy for George. I don't think it's easy. You know, no fight is simple, but he'll have to get out there and get his hands dirty, but 
I think uh, relatively uh, early in the fight, he'll be able to finish this thing. I think he puts him on his back. I think it's hard for Tiago to get back up. I think uh, his noted slow starting uh, in the past is is something that could hurt him here. Uh, he has, I, I, I envision something like a John Fitch fight, but I think it ends. I think he actually finishes it. So uh, I will go with the TKO in the third round. TJ, or we already had TJ Santos, Jack and Curtis out. Second time you've done that. Not kidding. Um, yeah, I'm not, come out. I'm not sure. You guys, you guys are just sort of uh, melding together. I'm not sure why either, since TJ's in second place and you're in the cellar. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, uh, all right, these two come out. They circle a bit. GSP gets a few punches through. Um, Thiago shoots for a leg kick. George catches it, holds him down, and uh, does that once or two or three times and ends up with a second-round TKO victory. I'm also of the opinion that George St. Pierre is going to stop Thiago Alves and win the fight. I like it to happen in the third round. Uh, Savage Rob, slow starting. I think that's definitely going to help George St. Pierre go out, land some strikes, find ways to set up takedowns, and, and move from there before Thiago Alves can really get into the, the swing of things. I also think that the starting slow helps George St. Pierre in that when he actually throws strikes, um, Thiago Alves doesn't counter. He just puts his hands up and moves straight backwards. So I think it's going to allow him a real sort of window, a grace window to, to figure out, you know, how do I set up the knee pick, how do I get inside on this guy, and, and how do I get into the mat? So I think a lot of the stylistic things bode well. The really best place that Thiago Alves could end up is inside in the clinch, swimming inside. But even then, George St. Pierre, he brought in Jean-Charles Skarbowski, one of the best um, foreign Muay Thai fighters ever from France uh, to work with his camp. Even if he just sort of imparted you know, a technique or two, that could really make all the difference uh, at this level. And George St. Pierre is so confident at this point that even if Alves has the one-shot power to make it interesting, even if I think that's maybe the chink in George St. Pierre's armor, a guy who can land one big shot and swarm on him, as we saw Matt Sarah do, it's not anything that I'm going to bank on. I like George St. Pierre to be clinical, to be workmanlike, and to take him down and beat him up to a third-round stoppage. And perhaps much, much faster than we would anticipate out of a workmanlike performance from George St. Pierre, the heavyweights, our main event, the rematch between Brock Lesnar and Frank Mir for the unified, undisputed, unquestioned UFC title of the universe. Whether or not it's going to be interrupted by a whole arena of fans chanting Theodore Emelianenko's name, we shall see. I trust you're not quite as excited for this as you are for Alves St. Pierre, Jeff, but what do you feel nonetheless? <laughs> yeah, just slightly less. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't, man, you know, I've really had a hard time thinking about this fight because, yeah, I've said many times that as sad as it may sound, this being the heavyweight title, it just, it's just totally doesn't get me excited at all. I think that Brock is going to be very, very hard to beat for the next few years. And I think the Kane Velasquez fight, his last fight, even proves more so of that. I mean, Chad Congo knocked him down a few times. I think if Brock hits him, you know, with one of his punches on the chin, he's gonna, he's not gonna get back up. Um, and you know, Shane Carwin, I don't know, you know, I think Brock's gonna take Mir down and get on top of him and just grind him out. Um, I, I don't think that Mir is gonna be able to pull off a submission from his back um, unless it's very early in the fight. And I think that Brock's too strong at the beginning of the fight to pull, be able to be caught in the submission. Um, 
So I think he's just going to beat Mir up, maybe get a stoppage at round three. Um, and I think that Brock's going to be the heavyweight UFC heavyweight champ for a while. Greg Savage, what are you feeling? Yeah, I like uh, Lesnar big time in this fight as well. I'm sick of hearing how Frank Mir's stand-up is so great and he looks so great against Nogueira. Stop with that nonsense, man. Nogueira looked like crap. Uh, Frank has never been a guy who has come back from any kind of adversity really in fights. I think Lesnar's going to put him in. I mean, the, the only exception being against Brock Lesnar, a newbie who didn't know how to get out of that submission. Uh, I don't think he makes that same mistake again. I think he walks all over him. TKO first round. Bold. Lefty Sariame, can you match that boldness? Uh, maybe a little bit. I don't know. You don't really learn, you don't really get up to that level of jiu-jitsu that Frank Mir is at right now, talking about it if you're Lesnar, in a span of how long has it been? Six months. Yeah, I mean, that you just don't make that jump. If he does, I'll be shocked. And yeah, yes, Evans, you're right. Mere stand-up uh, hasn't, isn't that great. But neither is Lesnar's really. He just really gets by more than anything because he's just a big, strong guy. So it, it's relatively even, uh, relatively even, given a slight advantage to Lesnar, if you will. But I still think Mir's got a big advantage, uh, big advantage when this fight does go to the ground. And I like Mir here by sub in the third. One Frank, Frank Mir won't even be able to stand up if he makes it to the third. I mean, his well, gas will be done. Are you with that line of analysis, Jack and Curtis Sal, or are you going to stick for your homie, the pro wrestler? Oh, yeah. Here comes the pain. Brock <laughs> Lesnar, uh, second-round TKO over Mr. Mir. A uh, ton of fireworks. I think it's going to be really, uh, you know, in, in, in an untraditional sense, a fun fight to watch. I think it's going to be wild, uh, just like the first one, but I think with less histrionics with Steve Mazzagati, and I think he's just going to keep working, you know, without any interruptions and, and eventually get it done in round two and retain or unify the belts or whatever it is he's going to be doing. <laughs> whatever else it is he's going to be doing? <laughs> yeah, he might you know, shoot off. He might do a lasso afterwards. I don't know. Shooting star press. Break his neck, all that good stuff? <laughs> Perhaps. TJ DeSantis? Uh, I'm not I'm not bold enough to pick uh, Brock Lesnar by F5 round one like uh, Greg Savage is, but it will... It will come to the uh, end quickly for Frank Mir. TKO round two. Lesnar's just going to be all over him, and Frank Mir can't get hit like that. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So. Yeah, I'm definitely of the same opinion. Greg really hit it with the, one of the reasons that people sort of buy into this is the fact that not only did Nier submit him the first time, but people see it as, oh, he's got this stand-up now. 
He has no footwork. He throws the same combinations. He threw the same combinations repeatedly against Noguera. He changed nothing. He essentially did the same thing 60 times in a row. And Noguera was so either riddled by staff or just is so physically depreciated that he literally offered no offense or defense whatsoever. If you look at Frank Mir, if you take away that fight and look at his fights um, at this level against guys when they go past three, four minutes, it's a dire dire state. Essentially the only fights that have gone sort of past that that mark for him were the second West Sims fight, which was a complete debacle, and we know <laughs> what West Sims is and isn't, and it took him nearly nine and a half minutes to score one of the ugliest KOs in UFC history. And the other is his life and death struggle with Dan Christensen, which he, <laughs> you can make the argument he lost the fight. This isn't going to go well. If you look at sort of what happens to Frank Mir once he's tired and starts getting hit, if you look at the Pitapano fight or the Brandon Vera fight, or even the Ian Freeman fight, it's not going to go well. Um, on the feet, Lesnar can knock him out. I think Mir may end up underestimating Lesnar's reach the way that Randy Couture did, you know, trying to move out of the way, and then Brock's arm just keeps coming and ends up smashing him in the face. And best case scenario, if he gets on the ground where maybe he could submit him, where he does have the skill to do it, He's going to have an infinitesimal window of time to do it before Brock Lesnar's giant spam can hands start smashing him in the head. I don't think it ends well, uh, at least not if you're a uh, Frank Mir fan. I like Brock Lesnar by TKO in the first round. All of us, save for Mir, or for, for Lefty who picked Mir, went with Brock Lesnar. How long is Brock Lesnar king of the UFC heavyweight division? Until he loses. Uh, yeah. Oh, 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 TJ, you're so oh. clever. Wow. <laughs> what is that noise you make? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, I was like asking Quentin where he'll be next year. <laughs> Until Fedor arrives. How about that? Oh, the Fedor okay. chant goes up Saturday, and then a year a year later we get it done. Here's here's a hypothetical question. Um. Obviously, I know I know. sort of the, the, the goalposts are different now. We get so much more MMA. There's, there's, you know, not just that we see, but that just happens. We're sort of down with so many more fighters and major fights. There's so many more of them. If Fedorinenko ended up in the UFC in a year and Brock Lesnar still heavyweight champion, where does that fall in the pantheon of major fights? Is it the biggest heavyweight fight in history? Does it does it take over Fedorinenko and Mirko Prokop? Is it the biggest fight in history, period? How do we feel about that, if that were to happen in a year? Um, it yeah. Could, yeah it, the biggest, it could be the biggest fight in history. I mean, biggest, at least in terms of money, it depends depends how the UFC, you know, puts out the message of why Fedor is so amazing and doesn't spend more, you know, more energy on why he's not, you know. They, in they just opinion. have to bust out the $65 million pride library and everyone will find out. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but, but think of it. But th- just think of it in terms of sort of like a relevance perspective. Like does that, it, it's probably mm. not even even with Lesnar. I don't know that that tops you know UFC 66 or or something like that. Um, but irrespective of that, is it sort of the most the most potent, the most salient something where you just think like this is this is epic once in a lifetime sort of stuff? Because when you think about sort of the the paths that both would have taken, the the opinions people hold of them, and sort of the stake to heavyweight MMA. Is is that the biggest fight ever? Does that take over for a, I guess maybe like a, a Saint Pierre Pen two or something of that nature? Then let me put it to you this way: it's, the biggest fight ever has to almost has to involve Fedor, and I can't think of anybody else he would fight 
that would fit that bill. There. Besides Lesnar. Um, Kim Bo and Bobby Lashley. Oh, okay, again, <laughs> we, we, we have we have stake in relevance here. Um, so The biggest fight in, in relevance-wise, Jordan, has to be Fedor against Krokop. I mean, that's history. So I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, here's the question. Here's the question. If you could, if you could have one fight, don't think about the implications. Just think about them like in a vacuum. It doesn't mean that any guy is with the UFC or anything like that. You just get one fight or the other. Would you rather have Anderson Silva against George Saint Pierre or Brock Lesnar, assuming he wins, against Peter Lomachenko? Lesnar, Fedor means more. It's heavyweight. Even though it's a superficial reason, it, mm-hmm. it's still a reason nonetheless. Yeah, I gotta go with the fight that seems more fantastical than the one that could actually happen in six months. Okay. Anyone else? Any any other thoughts? I agree. The heavyweights make it. You know, that's what's so sad is that right now the heavyweight is the UFC heavyweight champ for you know until possibly Fedor comes along is going to be Brock Lesnar. See, I, I, the, the reason the reason I sort of like questions it does have that angle of if you go with the heavyweights, there's almost like a compassionate sense, like oh, I have to help them out. The division is so fractured. No one. Like we really don't get top guys fighting each other, and and Saint Pierre and Silva doesn't seem like something you have to wish for. If we had an <laughs> MMA Nostradamus, by the way, who called us three years ago and said, you know, this is actual conversation from a sure dog radio network <laughs> roundtable in the future, we'd all be like, yeah, yeah. But what would be better is when we go really Anderson Silva's going to fight George Saint Pierre, and then you go, well, first George Saint Pierre is going to lose to Matt Sarah, but then after that, like. Right. All <laughs> That guy that just bit Min Soo Kim? Yeah. He's going to yeah. be the heavyweight champion. <laughs> ah, good times, good times. All right. That does it for us. All of our picks are in. We'll get them up on the Sure blog later today so you can look at them, decide uh, who you want to bet on, who you don't want to bet on, who you want to email and laugh at, and all that good stuff. Before we get out of here, Jeff, I will award you the honors of KO submission and fight of UFC 100. What are you thinking? Wow. Um... KO. I don't even think I took any KOs, but uh, I'm going to say KO of the night will go to um, Stefan Bonner over Mark Coleman. I have no submission. idea why. Uh, submission. Stefan uh, Bonner, Mark Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. Submission, oh, is I, submission actually is going to be hard for Jeff since he literally no submission. I never do. I don't ever do. Um, I'll say uh, Stun Gun. And that's certainly not going to happen. But nonetheless, fight the <laughs> Homer, Homer. Um, really? Fight of the night, and obviously the the biggest fight of the night that's going to happen to save Pierre against Biggie. Beautiful, because those are two guys who clearly need extra money. Well, you know. <laughs> Hundred thousand will get you six months of sponsorship, man. Yeah, this is this is in fact true. So it is time for us to get out of here. The weigh-ins are coming in about two hours. You can enjoy those. Also, you want to stay locked to SureDog.com for all your pre, during, and post UFC 100 coverage, of which there is there already has been plenty, but certainly plenty more to come, which includes Saturday night just after UFC 100. TJ DeSantis, what's up? Beat down after the bell, two hours of post-fight coverage with myself and the mastermind, Jordan Green. We'll be taking your calls, emails, and tweets. And don't forget Luffy's tweet down during the bell, right? Right, Luffy? Yep, yep. All right, so we got you covered in all the social networking as well here from the Sure Dog Radio Network. Beat down after the bell tomorrow. Join us. Fabulous. Jay Breen at uh, I got one thing to say. I'll go for it. 
Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to, uh, let me see, TJ sent me this email earlier, Randy from Manitoba. Oh yeah, Randy, keep your head up. So noted, Randy from Manitoba, keep your head up. Hopefully he's not in Winnipeg, it'll be hard. It's hard to keep your head up if you live in Winnipeg, one of the saddest places (laughs) in the universe. Winnipeg, Uh, don't email me and complain, you know it's the truth. All right. Um, if you've taken umbrage with anything I've said, whether it's about Michael Jackson or about uh, Winnipeg, jbreen at Sherdog.com, and for the rest, tjdesantis at Sherdog.com, Lutfi, L-O-T-F-I at Sherdog.com, Jack at Sherdog.com, Greg at Sherdog.com, and Jeff at Sherdog.com. You can check out the respective Twitters at Twitter.com slash tjdesantis, Twitter.com slash Breen, Twitter.com slash beatdownradio, Twitter.com slash savagedogshow. Am I missing any other ones? Uh um, I know. Twitter.com slash the real shack. Um, yeah. This show needs to be sponsored by Chaser for Greg Savage. If you have a uh, hookup, please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are out of here. Enjoy UFC 100 deeply. TJ and myself will check you out for Beatdown After the Battle right after UFC 100, right here on the Sherdog Radio Network. Enjoy the fight, Ted. The preceding show is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of the Sherdog Radio Network. Its content is intended for private use only. Includes our live broadcast of the SureDog Radio Network. All of today's content will be available for download at SureDog.com and the iTunes Music Store under Podcasts. The preceding content is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of the SureDog Radio Network. Its content is intended for private use only.